Ooh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. On this August 30th, 2022, August 30th, that's Fred Hampton's birthday. Let's give it up for the man himself. Rest in peace. Hope everyone can hear me okay. I'm trying a new audio setup this time. Different from what I'm used to, but the times they are changing, and I'm a changing too, baby. <laughs> okay, well, what a week. What a couple of weeks it's been. Sorry that I missed you all last week that we couldn't do the show. Uh, sometimes life gets in the way. And sometimes, you know, that, that capitalist machine does not stop you from being able to work. It does ex- the exact opposite, uh, actually. Uh, it'll keep you working, for sure. It will absolutely keep you working. That's how it works. And uh, speaking of keeping you working, uh, let's talk about debt, okay? Uh, everyone can hear me okay? Everyone's good? Thumbs up if you can in the chat. So I can see it. Breakfast is included with a stay here. Uh, You can't be the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites and not have a free breakfast program. That's just preposterous. Uh, So let's talk about debt. Uh, As a lot of you could probably tell from the title of the show, we're going to be talking about President Biden's, or uh, as many are calling him now, Dark Brandon his student loan forgiveness program. And not much about the program itself because calling it a student loan forgiveness program is pretty liberal. It's a liberal way to construe what's actually happened. It's a limited program that forgives 10% or or not 10%, but $10,000 worth of debt for student loan borrowers who earn less than $125,000 a year. Uh, it is limited in its scope. It's only going to discharge $10,000, but even with that small discharge, uh, something like 30% of all student loan borrowers are going to end up having their loans discharged completely because of that, which is good. That's good. Uh, could he have gone farther? Yeah. Should he have? Hell yeah. Absolutely. But where we're at currently is that's what we got. That's what he was willing to do. And you know that living in America is about fighting for every little scrap that you can get. But I don't want to talk so much about the program itself. I think most people understand that there needs to be a full student debt cancellation. Hell, there needs to be a cancellation of all debts. But I want to talk about the reaction that we've been seeing from people to this measly very small, minuscule student debt cancellation of $10,000 because it's insane. So as I say, you know, like in capitalism, debt is used as a means to control people. It really is. Debt traps you into compliance and it gives the police state a justification to punish you, imprison you, or seize your assets if you fail to comply. And if you don't pay your debts, your wages can be seized, your property repossessed, and your credit ruined. We have a problem with debt 
in this country, no question. And prior to 1976, student loan debt was dischargeable in bankruptcy, just like any other debt. Bankruptcy isn't always the best option, but having an ability to start over used to be a thing with student loans. But that changed after 1976. And by the time we got to 2005, there were laws against discharging student loans in bankruptcy, and they had, they had expanded so much that even private student loans were not dischargeable in bankruptcy. So these aren't even loans held by the government. These are private student loans, which now are completely not dischargeable anymore. U.S. borrowers owe a collective $1.5 trillion in student loans. Let me say that again. U.S. borrowers owe a collective $1.5 trillion with a T in student loan debt. Okay, so there are about 7.97 billion people on Earth. So in order to pay off just the United States student loan debt, everyone on Earth would have to fork up $200. That's fucking bananas. Everyone on Earth would have to fork up $200 for something that is free in most of the, the, the rest of the world. That's on the level of uh, a nation like America. So this non-dischargeability of student loans and the degree to which it's ballooned up as high as it's actually gotten is a real problem. Biden does something very small to help relieve it. And, you know, Biden, Dark Brandon, whatever you want to call him. We'll see where this goes. But the backlash from political pundits, from all of these talking heads, from people across the aisle, people on these mainstream media platforms, people with a microphone, their backlash to this student loan forgiveness is disproportionately negative. You have people calling this an elitist forgiveness plan. And to keep in mind, this is right after we just got out of COVID, where you had people who got PPP loans, and all the biggest businesses were the first to apply for PPP loans, and people like Ben Shapiro and Marjorie Taylor Greene and all these political talking heads that are talking all this shit about student loan forgiveness, they got PPP loans. And for those of you who don't know what PPP loans were, you could apply for them if you had a business. During the pandemic, that was forced to basically shut down, um, you could apply for a PPP loan and get up to, I think, $11 million. And the intention was that this money was supposed to be used to keep your employees employed. And here's the thing. You would get the loan, and the loan in its entirety, as long as you used it to keep people employed, would be forgiven. So Ben Shapiro got a... PPP loan of something like 180000 I believe. He got something. I can't remember the exact number. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene got a PPP loan that was either 70000 or 100000 180000 Let me Let me see if I can find that number. Just so I'm not putting out whatever. Uh, maybe Ben Shapiro had a smaller amount. Maybe it was 20000 or something. I don't know. Uh, 
And Marjorie Taylor Greene maybe had the the higher amount, but still, twenty thousand is more than ten thousand. And these are people who are out there talking about how if you take on money, if you borrow money, you better pay it back. And the crazy thing is about the PPP loans is that we're starting to find out that a lot of people did not use this money to keep people employed. These airlines that got PPP loans, which restricted them from actually firing people or letting people, laying people off, in order to get around that, they started offering people voluntary uh, let go packages, severance packages, right? Where they were letting people go, paying them a little money, and keeping the entirety of the PPP loan that was meant to keep that person employed and keep paying their salary. You have people like with the student debt forgiveness that Biden's put out, you have people who are just completely mask off here. Uh, Jim Banks, he's a U.S. representative from Indiana's third congressional district and has been since 2017, wrote in a tweet, quote, student loan forgiveness undermines one of our military's greatest recruitment tools at a time of dangerously low enlistments, end quote. Oh my God, he admitted. it. He admitted it. The, they want you to be in debt. They want your choice to put your literal life on the line for whatever war or whatever bullshit the United States decides to get into next, they want you to put your life on the line because of debt. Not out of like honor for your country, not out of any of these high-minded ideals that, that they like to purport are the, the benefits of an all-volunteer army. No, they want the debt to be the thing that forces people to have to make that decision. You have people who are out here calling themselves leftists. God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cuss this motherfucker out. I swear to God. Whew. You have people calling themselves leftists, like Batya Ungar Sargon, who uh, she's like an opinion editor or some type at Newsweek, but she also fills in at The Hill on The Rising Show, the same show that Brianna Joy Gray will do. Uh, fills in as the leftist, those are quotes, air quotes, the leftist on the Hill for, um, you know, Mondays. And she did a whole segment where she talks about how this student loan forgiveness is elitist, it benefits Ivy Leaguers and high earners, and it's class warfare on the working class. This motherfucker, what the fuck is she talking about? She's lying. She's fucking lying. Student loan forgiveness is already means tested, okay? It only applies to people making less than $125,000. And for those people who have student debt who are making under $125,000. Rich people don't have student debt because they don't have to take out student loans. And the people who are already making too much money won't get that student debt relief. And here she is painting this as something that is to the benefit of Ivy Leaguers. It's, it's more beneficial towards them. They're just fucking lying. And it's, I, I, it's one of the craziest things that people have the balls, really, to come out here and just spit that 
bullshit without any accountability. It, it's shameless. It's completely shameless. And to call yourself a leftist or to call yourself an ally of the working class, here's a hot tip. If you're a real ally of the working class, you don't have to fucking lie to them about what's going on. This is someone who is trying to use the working class as a, um, a virtue signal to the working class in a way and use it as a political football in the same way that people use black women or my black friend. Oh, I'm really concerned. You see, it's okay. I can say it. I could say it for the working class. I have working class friends. This motherfucker. And then I think my favorite example of the hypocrisy my favorite example of the hypocrisy really is um, a woman called Catherine Rampell. And Catherine Rampell is a columnist currently for the Washington Post. She's an opinion uh, columnist there. And David Sirota, shout out to him, pointed this out on Twitter. Um, Catherine Rampell wrote a column, a piece on August 25th titled Biden's Student Debt Plan is a democratic version of trickle-down economics. And in that piece, she argues that this is a stimulus that went only to people who attended college who skew much higher income than their non-college educated peers. She's arguing that this is an elitist recovery package that's going to elites. But here's the fucking kicker. Rampell previously wrote a piece for the Chicago Tribune where she argues for legacy admissions at elite institutions. And for those of you who don't know, legacy admissions are when the descendants of an alumnus are given preferential treatment for admissions to that university. She's arguing for a truly elitist admission policy. She doesn't give a fuck. that She doesn't really think that the stimulus that the Biden student debt plan is elitist. She's not really concerned about it. She's argued that she wants it to be that way. In the first line of that article, too, where she argues for legacy admissions, goes like this. Quote, okay, I admit it. I'm one of those. I, the Princeton-enrolled child of two insufferably tiger-obsessed Princeton alumni, am a legacy. End quote. Dude, please eat my ass. Eat my whole ass if you're talking about you care about the working class. You care that this is an elitist thing. This is how people take messages and wash them in a way to try to make it sound more populist or like it's actually for you. And the whole time, they're just interested in fucking you over again. That's it. These, are peop These people are very good at this. They have no shame. They have no uh, uh, values other than maintaining their position at the top, keeping the free market as rigged as possible, keeping that game of, oh, you should just study harder and get to go, you know, like anyone can make it up here if you try, trying to make that as hard as possible for you to climb the ladder. It's a spite-based politics, and they're all bitch-ass niggas. Every single one of them is a bitch-ass nigga. Everyone. I do not care. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is the, oh, my God, she admitted amount of this stuff. Ooh, who is this? Ooh. Oh, God. Ugh. What is Lindsay doing here? 
Yuck. Gross, dude. Boo. Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today is how hypocritical and how bad faith the takes are on the student debt relief package. Uh, it's a mess. It's a hot mess. It is a hot mess. And uh, don't let them fool you. Don't let the same kind of shit that keeps going on fool you. And, you know, there's other stuff we can talk about, too. Um, how depressed you want to be. <laughs> if you want to be real depressed, we can talk about some of the flooding that's been going on in Pakistan and the recent flooding that just happened in Mississippi, actually, um, which has left the town of Jackson, the city of Jackson, with capital, right, of Mississippi. The whole city uh, is under an order that they can't drink their own tap water because of the flooding. Something happened with their pipes, uh, with their pumps, I think, in, in Mississippi that's been caused by unprecedented flooding there. And now they can't – they don't have access to drinkable water. Uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, same shit with, uh, I mean, when you look at the stuff that's going on in Pakistan right now, you have a whole bunch of videos of just floods taking out entire buildings. Uh, it's wild. It's wild. And look, but that's why this stuff is important. I mean, the, the reason, like, we don't, we don't have time to keep fucking around. You know, the fact that you have people who are going out there trying to still pit working class people against each other by lying and talking about how elitist of a policy this is and by trying to show that the people who are advocating for student debt relief are somehow not going to be advocating for the relief of all debt. They're trying to obfuscate the truth of their politics and their political goals and their masters because they know who they serve. They know. They serve power. They serve the maintenance of that power structure and the continuation of it. And that's just, that's not what I'm about, man. That's not what I'm about. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's really it. I'd love to take your calls. Um, even if you just want to chop it up, we could talk some other shit. I can tell you about uh, everything that's been going on. Oh, look, look who it is. Look who it is. Okay. Uh, let me bring you up real quick. And uh, hey, Mom, you're on the air. What's going on? Oh, Mom, can I? Can everyone hear her or is it just me? Thumbs up if you can hear her because I cannot currently. Yeah, Mom, you might have to... Hmm. Uh, you might have to go in your settings and and uh, for your phone and give this app permission to access your microphone. I love you. <laughs> yeah, because I still can't hear you, Mom. Yeah, you want to, Mom, you want to try popping in and then popping back out? Maybe get out of the app. Um, check your uh, your phone settings real quick to make sure that uh, your app has permission to uh, 
I don't know, the, that the call-in app has permission to access your microphone and then come back. Or maybe, yeah, maybe you have to update the app too. Uh, okay. Oh, she's trying. Bless your heart, mom. Bless your Biden voting heart. Uh, okay, I'll move on. <laughs> okay. All right, mom, uh, just call back in and I'll, I'll bring you up. Okay, Amanda. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. How are you today, Bide? I'm doing good. Uh, all things considered, it's been a busy yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, I'm just a lot of work Productive stuff. Productive or just busy? Productive or just busy? Productive in some ways, for sure. Yeah, we're actually making some headway on that uh, anti-corruption legislation. So we've, we've got a team together. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we got an accountant yeah. now, and um, we're forming the organization. So that's that's moving, and uh, I'll keep you all posted on that. I'm sure as we keep going uh, forward, there'll be a lot more to talk about with it, with the specifics. But how's everything going with you? What's going on with the ERA and the, um, the show and all that? So tomorrow morning, Jenny Hatch, who's a member of the LDS Church, is going to agreed to come on with me and have a discussion because because the LDS church, uh, some people say the Mormon, um, mm-hmm. were instrumental in fighting against the ERA in the 70s. It was like a mission that was right. assigned to certain women. And so I'm was I'm curious to get her take on it because she is a she is a Mormon. She's got a bunch of kids and a husband and you know, she lives in that in that value set. So I'm curious to hear women's rights from that person. Yeah, that'll be super interesting. And um, yeah. she sent me a- she sent me a link to an article that she wrote about it in 2013. So I'll be linking that to the in the thing. Right now, it, there's no additional information, unfortunately, about the ERA, except that um, a, another set of candidates for Congress have have gotten the ERA coalition's endorsement. And I added those okay. to the spreadsheet that I have going, the Google Sheets with everybody. Okay. So if anybody wants to know, you can go to the ER, uh, uh, elect equality and you can search for your representative and see if they're endorsed. Okay, great. That's excellent. So that's what's up with that. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for asking. So, cause yeah. it's kind of a, a crazy thing for those of those people in, in that may not know the ERA has now been ratified by 38 states. The problem is the 38th state was Virginia and they, they ratified it on January 27th, 2020. Uh, I don't know if anybody's aware of this, but something happened right after that, that took everybody's attention away from everything. And then there was a presidential election. So it hasn't been actually added to the constitution, even though it's made all of it, all of the things that it was supposed to make before it could be added. So yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the quiet part. Say I have, I just have a comment about the student loan thing. Yeah. Go for it. Um, as, as a, I'm about to admit something that, that please don't hold it against me. I was on Reddit the other day 
And mm-hmm. I saw um, that's the part that I don't want you to be mad about. So I was on Reddit. Oh, girl, where do you think? Where do you think I spend my time? Come on. <laughs> like, come I can't on. spend it. Anywhere. You think I'm any better? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. It's better than Twitter, I guess. But uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and, and you know, there, there's um, one of the one of the posts I saw was like an image of somebody's student loan form thing, you know, that I'm assuming that everybody has if they have a student loan that says, here's your principal, here's the amount that you're that you have to pay, here's how much goes yeah. for the interest, here's how much goes. So so if you don't have a home loan, if you've never had a mortgage, if you don't have a student loan, you don't see those on a monthly basis like people who have those kinds of loans. Even people who have car loans, I'm assuming they give you the amortization on those you know, when you, when you send your bill in, maybe people don't even look at their bills anymore. I don't, I don't know. Cause everything's gone digital, yeah. but, but the real, I mean, when it comes right down to it, I mean, <laughs> are you backing, are you backing up? I'm, I, I'm backing up. No, I'm not backing up. That's just okay. outside. Wow. That's a good microphone though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can hear i can hear everything i'm, I'm backing yeah. up backing up backing up That's so right. so are you are you just yeah back that ass up you a big fine woman when you <laughs> back that up okay. um, <laughs> call me big daddy when you back that ass up. okay man you know that's it. my era so it's it's part of yeah. that's you know i hear you i hear you yeah i, I was so, teaching high school in the 90s i'm, I'm in new oh, okay. orleans so i'm i'm quite familiar with that song <laughs> okay yeah yeah new orleans would be doing plenty of backing up I'm sure. Yeah, back in uh, that ass up for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, but, but you know, but with the good, I, I, so I don't want to get away from the have, point. Yeah. So, so here's the point. So, if you don't have a loan and you don't have these documents that you get, I'm assuming usually at the end of the year you get something for your taxes that says what you paid, right, and how much interest. Yes. People who have loans yeah. generally know how much principal they have and how much interest. Here's the thing that's missing. People who don't have loans and who haven't had loans don't look at those documents all the time. They are not clear that part of the problem is the amount of the principal is minute compared to the amount of interest that's being charged. Correct. Correct. I really wish that people wouldn't just gloss over it by doing the shorthand like Bree does where and this is not a criticism of Brie alone because there's more than just her. She's just the Too late. example that comes Too to late. mind. Too late. I'm going to tell her. I'm telling her. Please do, I'm, do, please do tell her because it's a, it's, <laughs> pro, it's, it's a, it's a problem when you say when you say that it's more, it's more expensive for somebody who has to get a loan to pay for college, because nobody yeah. ever says, look, I paid forty thousand dollars for college. My student debt is eighty thousand dollars. That's not because yeah. my school was $80,000. It's because I have right. that much interest. And if you're not a financially minded person and you're the kind of person that's going to just believe them when they say it's your tax money paying off those loans, you have to explain that what's happening is these loans are predatory, but you can't use that kind yeah. of language. These people and, aren't dumb. It's just they don't right. have the same financial the loans literacy. Are predatory. Yeah. I mean, it's it's compound interest, and 
right. you know, when you talk to people, most people don't know what compound interest is. And most people would not think that it would apply to a, a something like a student debt loan, you know, like a, right. like, like a student right. loan. Why would there, why, right. why does the interest need to be compounded? Is this a, you know, we're not just. Why is there interest at all? Why is there interest period, at all? Period. A hundred percent. But the compound interest aspect of it is made, is just a money-making tool off of it. And when the, right. when the uh, amount of the interest is added to the principal, and then that becomes, you get even more, excuse me, even more interest from it. And, and For sure. I think what's, and, and to be fair, Bree's talked about this a lot, I think. She hasn't talked about it every time she talks about student loans, but um, I mean, partly because... She brings because, it up, but, but yeah. it's, she brings it up in the shorthand, which worries me well, well, because yes. it misses. Those of you who get those, who see those documents all the time, like the one I saw on Reddit, that clearly note how much is you print, <laughs> or like when you get a medical bill. It says that you paid this much for those three ibuprofen that they gave you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you have a sense. But if I, if I don't ever get for three ibuprofen, right, if, if I don't ever get a medical bill, then it's not a problem I see. So if I'm not, if I don't ever have a document that shows me that I'm paying more than half of the money I'm paying to this company just because I borrowed money, right. never mind the money I actually borrowed, I just. It seems to me this is a very financially illiterate country, and we need to be more clear well, yeah. for people. Yeah, Not but I, they're I, dumb, I, but because right. they're smart. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, look, I I'm starting to maybe I'm just becoming a conspiracy theorist in my old age or whatever. But I'm starting to think that the lack of financial literacy is a feature, not a bug. I don't I don't think they want people to be financially literate because it makes it easier to prey upon them. Um, it is, Which is, it, is a, you know, it is a feature, but I, I think also uh, if you look at it from the perspective of who's doing the deciding about what gets taught, and if you think about what's, when you teach that, it's high school, and think about how many right. subjects are basically, there's whole new areas of, of inquiry right now in science that did not exist yeah. when you and I were in high school. It sure, not but that makes it even but, worse because what they're teaching in high school now is, uh, you know, a man is a man and a woman decide. is a woman or whatever, right? right. They're teaching they a whole to, bunch of anti-CRT shit or they're teaching, you know, that like uh, fucking oh yeah, George Washington, teaching. George yeah, Washington totally. never did anything wrong. Hey, how are you? You know, it's like it's it's shit like that. And it's it, the, the, the it's clear that the education system if you just look at the the battlegrounds for all of these culture war issues, they're all around what's taught in schools and what they 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 make you think something's being taught in schools that it's not, you know, like CRT. Right. And then they uh, then they but they change the curriculum to, based on that. Right, but let's go so, back to the just the single district making a decision about what needs to be taught in school. Without all the conspiracies, because I'm I'm fully on board. There's some movements going, and part of that is just things are contagious. You hear about the neighboring community doing something because you read the paper, mm-hmm. and now you want to do it in your community. And that's yeah. how things can happen like that. It's how things have. That's how you have decentralized movements. Is that small groups of individual people in individual communities go and do something because they saw somebody else in the, another community doing it? Right. So we have to right. be careful about what we elevate as stories. And hey, 
how about this? Let's elevate stories of people that are doing good shit in their community instead of horrible things like banning books. Uh, Amanda, you're assuming we're trying to make sense in this country or that oh, yeah, that's people right. you want can't things talk to make to sense a psycho. now. That's right. You can't talk to a psycho like a normal human being. I forgot. What was I thinking? Yeah. Although, you know what? You're, I think you can. Right. I, think, I, think, I think at some level... I mean, look, I always want to get to that Star Trek place. And part of that is going to be dealing with, I mean, someone who is a true psychopath, right, or a true psycho, does not have the capacity to feel the same kinds of emotions as somebody else. They just, they their brain is fundamentally broken. So they can't feel those things. I think in an ideal society, you'll find a place for those people without them being able to hurt other people along the way. And there's actually been some interesting uh, work done with, uh, you know, therapy and, and, and treatment for people who are actually psychopaths. Because then, uh, you know, usually it's, it's, it's a combination of having to phrase uh, the way that they have to think about things in terms of, well, if you fucked everybody over, then nobody will like you and your legacy will be nobody liked him. And they don't want that. So it's, you know, I don't know. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm a, a little off base or a little off off the beaten path. But I, I do think that our biggest advantage all the time is our ability to talk to people like humans and to care about their outcomes. I, I think part of the thing that frustrates me a lot about this student loan backlash conversations with people like Batya Ungar Sargon is, is that they they're trying to they're actively trying to hurt other people's uh they're actually they're actively hurting the working class and trying to phrase it in a way that they want to help them and what's frustrating is a lot of the policies that we're advocating for are going to directly benefit people in in those positions so it's 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 it really pisses me off like i don't I just I, really I don't know. I don't. Would, they, they should write. They should write down a hundred percent of the interest on everybody's student loans. Have they written up the document yet? That's going to do it. Because here's what they should do. They should just write down every bit of interest. Everybody only owns owes the print the actual principal of what minus what they've paid down. And if they paid down a lot of interest, then let them get that credit for that payment into their principal instead of to interest, let that be forgiven. And and yeah. then you'll then then you can then you can blame it on the banks charging and not just the colleges. You still gotta fix college tuition issues. I mean still what about people who are eighteen right now? Are yeah. they gonna get loan forgiveness if they get a loan to go to college next year? Yeah. Yeah. I that's, mean that's that's, that's problem. the problem with the solution now. And that's something we can that's something that I think is totally fair fair game and a fair point. Like we need to fix the problem at its root, but that doesn't excuse us from not doing anything now. And it doesn't justify right. the kinds of reactions that this decision is getting from people who are just bad faith. And, and that's and what pisses we, me off. No, that's the thing. We have to be able to tell the difference between good faith and bad faith. Yes. And yes. Not give attention to bad faith actors because that only elevates their stupidness. And that's not girl. Good. That's why. That's why I just kicked Lindsay. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't have any time for yeah. that shit. But anyway, thank you so much. Thank for calling you. In, I, I've taken Amanda. up way too much of your time. But by I too, truly appreciate you. Keep keep it keep it up. 
Yeah, yeah. You. Oh, I was almost going to say keep the faith. Oh, my God. I'm trying to be Brianna Joy Gray. Then <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Dane real quick because Dane had called in earlier uh, and got left out of the queue. And then I'll, I'll go straight to you. So, Dane, what's going on? Long time no talk. How you been? <laughs> hey, bud. How you doing? Yeah, I actually dropped out in the hopes that your mom would uh, uh, regain her rightful place in the queue. <laughs> I, I think she- She's she's holding off at the moment. Yeah. She, she, she she baited me along by referring to me as Birdman, and if I'm going to take you know <laughs> any 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 comparison to geriatric Michael Keaton is one I will take. Just parenthetically, you know, I, I didn't know at first whether or not it was that was actually your mom. Like I thought it might have been some sort of inside joke or, or meme that I wasn't quite understanding when when her account yeah. first appeared. But 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 now that like you know I've listened to you like help her on the cell phone while talking to her on the cell phone not only do yeah. i know that she's your mom she might be my mom too i'm not entirely <laughs> she's everyone's mom she's yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah, that's yeah. that's my mom <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah 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 well as you said it's been a bit happy to see you putting another episode on here i don't i don't have a whole lot to, uh, to say on the subject this evening uh, that hasn't been said by many other people i mean you know the, the the hemming and hawing, the gnashing of teeth and clutching of pearls over this debt relief stuff has been the stuff of lay Ms. Rob in ways yeah. that even lay Ms. Rob would blush about. Uh, like you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, basically, basically, you know, everybody's going to be chasing you know Jean Valjean with his you know ten thousand dollar loaf of bread for the rest of his life, trying to get his right. pay back for junk. <laughs> Uh-oh. Right, which is Uh-oh. ironic because you know he, yep. he, he the guy gives him the candlesticks in the beginning and just says, "Hey, you forgot to take more candlesticks." So really, you know, if anyone had really watched Les Mis and knows who the realest motherfuckers are in Les Mis, they'd be trying to be like that priest instead of you know uh, Javert trying to chase down Jean Valjean. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. You know. Well, I, I mean, I guess the lyrics will have to change a bit so that the song says something to the effect of to make one to, to make another pay his interest is to see the face of God. Something along those lines. We'll have to like, yeah, I'll, 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 have, I'll have to get the exact syntax and rhythm down. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, like a few points that come to mind, you know, obviously everyone in legacy media from Peggy Noonan down to people who you know young people rather like Peggy Noonan up to you know you know only merely somewhat young people like Alan Greenspan think that everybody who attends college goes to an Ivy League school and there's nobody in the working class that's obtained any level of college education whatsoever simply because they don't know anybody who is in the working class personally <laughs> who has obtained in, in, uh, you know, a college education because they all work for like late legacy publications and news networks and all, you know, just sort of take turns. Um, pantomiming human centipede on the set of like meet the press and things of that nature so so like you know there's absolutely no 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 overlap in the venn diagram for any of these people whatsoever when it comes to like you know someone getting an associate's degree and then becoming like you know someone who works on like lathing and milling or right drafting i'm I'm bringing up a lot of like engineering adjacent shit just because i'm an engineer so i know a lot of these same people but like it it gives me like a subsection when i hear all this shit about like you know how do you expect like you know a working class you know yeah bar washer a person who you know pulls 
the 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 tabs off of pillow mattresses pillows and mattresses for a living to like you know pay for a doctor's student loans it's like well you know a lot of those folks you know or, or their kids who are in like industries that are adjacent to that had to obtain college degrees in order to get to those positions in the first place and those right. people are going to be the ones who are most and most acutely um, uh, positively affected by, you know, this debt forgiveness. And it's not really even a debt forgiveness program. I and mean, people kind of are, are like, you know, concentrating on the sticker shock of the 10K. But Biden only really did that 10K thing because he was rhetorically backed into it by his own whatever whatever medication he's on now that makes yeah. his eyes all the way open and makes him like <laughs> lucid and, and, and not talk about corn pop. Like, like he wasn't on it back then. So, so, yeah. so, so. So, like, you know, he 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 said ten thousand dollars simply because it was like the lowest figure that was presented to him thinking, yeah, you know, right. you know this will this will be like the thing that, like, you know, most sustains the four walls of the debtor's prison while while right. pantomiming to the left. And, you know, it was only because of that that he kind of looked back into it. But I mean, really, more than anything, through the IDR component of the plan, it, it's a debt management thing. Yeah, more than anything. you know, exactly. It's, the, the 5% repayment, you know, the, the interest not compounding uh, while you're, you know, making consistent monthly repayments, the uh, the forgiveness uh, of, of the balance if it's uh, in 10 years, if it's less than, I think, $12,000. I, I forgot the, the forgiveness components in that portion of the plan. But I'm, I mean, you know, which is not which is not nothing, but it's but it's also the sort of thing that one would see in like, you know, refinancing a home mortgage it's not, it's not loan forgiveness it's not right. people, like being able to you know find a trap door away from their obligations it's just like not making their obligations make them you know make a choice between the 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 interest repayment and you know getting insulin that well at prices of insulin you might as well pay the mortgage repayment or the the, the student loan repayment at that juncture because it's going to exactly. be you know, it's not exactly. going to like put a dent on the ability to get the insulin whatsoever. But yeah, I, I mean, I always thought like he was obviously never going to do it, you know, just because his, his brain is hardwired to be the, you know, brings home security system at, at the shutter door of the Delaware bank. But, 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 Fuck but dude. I, I know that, you know, I myself, as well as like, you know, many other people with student debt would have been very content to like, you know, uh, inflation adjust the, the basket, of, you right. know, based upon the basket of commodities, inflation adjust the price of tuition to say like the 1980 level, basically right. you know, since the, boom, the boomer price and, and say, isn't, okay, everything after like, this. Yeah. That's so sad, yeah. right? Like yeah. that we were, we were, we were ready to be content with even just like inflation control or, 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 uh, interest control on the student debts when we're the only country, I mean, like everywhere in Europe has public education. That's just free. You just go to college and it's free. Look, if Absolutely. you care about your, the longevity of your society, you should probably invest in your citizens. You should probably invest in people being able to better themselves and then contribute to society in one way or another. America's going to need engineers. It's going to need doctors. It's going to need lawyers, nurses, truck drivers, all of that. Why are you making that so much of a burden that it's cost prohibitive for people to even get involved with and then punishing them when they go to try it and then end up having to do something else, end up dropping out, life gets in the way. Like, it makes no fucking sense. It, it makes no sense. And we're, we've been conditioned to even, even something as measly, as meager, as like 
please just control the the cost of it. That we're we're begging for that. I mean, that's what scares me. That's no, no. I want the whole plate. I want the whole education, right? I, I and 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 it's funny that you mentioned Biden being backed into this because he was backed into it by his own campaign promise, which you know he probably forgot that he made. To be fair, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's you know, it just it's so crazy that even this thing that is as conservative as it could possibly be of a of a like a debt forgiveness, it's a little band aid on a cancerous tumor, right? But there's a little like ointment on the Band-Aid that makes it hurt, makes it hurt less. So we still, you know, it relieves it for a little bit for some people. But how it's getting this kind of reaction, how people are losing their fucking minds over it. It's, I, I don't know what to make of it. Because it almost makes me think that a lot of people are just, is, is this all just, is this real? Like is Batya Ungar Sargon being serious right now? Is this Rachel Campbell is she serious right now? Is is this is this good faith, or are they just are they that detached? I mean, it's I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I mean, I think in large part, whether consciously or not, I think um, they're playing to the refs of like the types of shows and media that they wish they could be booked on. I mean, obviously, yeah, whatever that Jesus. show is for for for. For Batya, uh, whatever. I, I refuse to call her anything other than Bunga Bunga Sargon. Like, like whatever, <laughs> whatever she thinks her name is, it's actually right. Bunga Bunga. And I or caught her Bunga Bunga. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, like, whatever. She, I mean, because Bunga Bunga was recently on um, um, Bill Maher's show. So, obviously, like, that oh, level God. sort of. Uh, of of uh boomer genuflecting and like you know like like sort of providing the moral space necessary to yell at the kids on their skateboards wasn't getting her like you know the media spotlight or or the accolades or the profile that she wanted so she's got to kind of like kick it up a notch at this juncture i mean it, it really does show to a lot of extent again that same crowd who thinks that everybody goes to an Ivy League school really regards the degree as something akin to a, like a Fabergé egg, like something that's supposed <laughs> to be a, <laughs> a, a, a class signifier for a particular right. subsection, a particular caste, C-A-S-T, of, of people, you know? And, and the fact that, like, um, you, that other people can just obtain it without having to have, like, you know, their father who was in who donated like a library wing and who was on the Epstein flight logs, you know, that, 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 that path through the door wasn't available to them that they simply, you know, got in based upon a dirty, you know, sort of smudgy fingerprinted FAFSA form. And then like, right. you know, got that ticket, got that Willy Wonka golden ticket, you know, it, it got them into the glass elevator that shot them into the strata. Like, you know, they, right. they very much, they very much view pe these people who are getting their loans forgiven, you know, as, as, uh, uh stowaways on a, on yeah. a ship they don't uh, uh, on a ship right. that they don't belong on you know right. I, I keep you know it, it's not student i mean it's debt it's not student debt but it's debt generally i just keep thinking about over and over again how like biden needed to get like a loan from the obamas 
uh, uh, for Bo's brain tumor treatments while he was dying of his glioblastoma and, and shit oh like my, that. Is that for like, real? Like, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you you can you can look this up. Like being the Obamas, I'm sure they charged him interest or at least a big like two percent sort of like. <laughs> That's a good business deal. Uh. I'm, sure, I'm sure there was like a college football percentage associated with the loan or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like they yeah. legit, they legit got got, got a um, got got a uh, uh, a loan from the Obamas to, to pay for his medical debt. And like the idea that you can be this, and who knows if he remembered he was the vice president at the time. But the idea that you can be the sitting vice president and still need your president like BFF to lend you money to help your son like die more comfortably. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just amazing to me that you can be in that situation in a way that's almost like they, like just the profile saying it like that would almost make it an out of body experience for me. If I right. was like thinking about it and like not right. think that there was something seriously morally bereft in this society, assuming that this was a country that had any interest or conception of the future whatsoever. And like, you know, the only goal wasn't to like sort of raid all the soup cans off the shelves of the gas station before the hurricane right. hit kind of right. shit, which increasingly I do think is the only value that's knitting. Like, you know, people, you know, remember like people were hoarding toilet paper for no reason at the beginning yeah. of COVID because everybody yeah, I remember that. kind of, like on the off chance that it might, they didn't even know it made you shit, but it might make you shit. Right. Or, you know, like, you, you, you know, we were going to just take all of it and leave none of it for them. I found a life hack at the time. I got up a day. So I was. I did the know, same, like, baby. I'm never going yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, my yeah, asshole but, has never been cleaner, baby. It is oh, what I, it is. Yeah, I, 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 I have to take a shower like immediately after every single time now because it's the only reasonable approximation. I can't, like, it would be the equivalent anymore of like, this is too off topic to really be in a public conversation, but the equivalent of like, <laughs> trying to like you know wipe off sharpie with your thumb basically like, like you know like like it, it, you're not clean you're just smearing yeah you're just yeah in the most disgusting way yep. possible yep it is it is i can't believe that the, the people i don't know that's the biggest scam, scam ever is that people just be using toilet paper out here we got engineers whose entire job is to make toilet paper more absorbent when all all you had to do is splash some water on your ass and you're good like but yeah. you know, it's like no, we got to sell more. We got to create more waste through all this toilet paper, and you have to have triple ply. And when you're ever in a public bathroom, sorry, but your asshole is going to bleed because you only have single ply, and that's what it is. It is what it is. When I, it's honestly baffling. But everyone, if you don't get anything else from this, get a bidet. Uh, if you want to really figure out what socialism is all about, just get a bidet, and you know, come come to the 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 side with the cleanest cleanest bums in. All the world. Uh, yes, yeah. And also, you know, <laughs> to, to leave on the same note we came up on, you know, yeah. also also French euphemisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to know what socialism <laughs> is all about, yeah. yeah. It, 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 French euphemism, euphemisms and ash washings. So, That's yeah, it. Uh, That's it. Watch Les Miserables while on the bidet. Like, get an iPad or get something put in front of you, have the water blasting your ass while it's happening, and you will know what socialist bliss really is. You will know what the future is. Like, that's that's the way to do it. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, some may say, let them eat cake. I say, why not, so long as you can let a fire hose loose on your asshole afterwards. It's not as if you're going to have any trouble cleaning up the frosting. So, 
<laughs> oh, on that fuck. note, appropriately disgusting, I will let Vin clean up some of my mess here. Thank you again oh, for talking to me as long as you have by. It's always been oh. a pleasure, and it's, it's been too long. As it's been said. too long. It really has. It really has, and it's, it's always my pleasure, Dane. You know, I love having you here, so thanks for coming to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. Have a good rest of your evening. You too. All right, Vin, you're up next. Go ahead and unmute yourself and welcome welcome back to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. What's up, man? Thank you, brother. Um, are you coming out with the deadline? I'm, I'm just saying you're speaking to my East African sensibilities, bro. <laughs> How's that? How so? It's, it, uh, the bide with the bidet, kind of the something <laughs> there, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, this whole time I've been an undercover bidet salesman uh, who cleverly named himself Bide so that people would, only the people who would pronounce it the African way, I guess, would uh, would know that they were, that they were onto something, that, that I had a scheme. Right, right, right. See, there you go, there you go. Yeah, um, regarding this topic, um, yeah. I think... Yeah, the the ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's measly. It's 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 weak. It's measly. I think that's very. I don't think anybody disagrees with that, for the most. Unless you're like just an extreme Democratic Party enthusiast, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, I think personally, if if they were gonna make some reform, aside from canceling student debt, probably. Um, uh, close like uh, getting rid of that. Uh, I think Biden is the one that put in the bankruptcy loophole where you can't declare bankruptcy with student loans. Is that correct? I believe he, I, I believe he voted for it as well. I don't know if it was him who put it in, but I believe he was on board with that change, uh, or at least some right. of those changes. Yeah, right. I think that would have been better than this, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Look, I think that is definitely something that would have helped. Uh, that being said, bankruptcy does have some pretty significant uh, consequences. Uh, it oh, it yeah. destroys your credit. It it makes it, and since credit, you know, credit scores shouldn't even be a thing. But here we are. There you uh, go. Now you're talking they, about language. I mean, they restrict people's ability to really lift places to do to 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 get certain jobs. I mean, before I became a lawyer, they had to do a a background check on my debts. Uh, they do a check on your debts because they think, well, if you're in too much debt then you're more willing to, you're going to be more desperate and therefore more willing to do shady stuff to get the money, which when you think about it is fucking absurd. Not, not the idea, but the fact that like they're willing to acknowledge the desperation that debt can cause and do nothing about it. Do nothing about alleviating that desperation. That's what blows my mind. Um, right. Especially when that desperation, it's, it's not even necessary. It's not even necessary, and, and most times it's detrimental to put people into debt for shit. Like it's, it it, it hurts everybody involved. Uh, I guess not the capitalists, but I, you know, like fuck them. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a firmly anti-interest guy, but I don't know. If yeah, it's too yeah. radical for people, but no, I think I, I think it's I think it should be correct, honestly. And you know, to getting off base with the or you know to answer more definitively your question about discharging in bankruptcy. I think it's a yes and thing, right? Like, right. Cause the other thing with this $10,000 is that from the numbers I've seen, it is about 30%. It is about a third of people who hold student loan debt 
who are going to be affected by this and it's going to wipe out their debt completely. That's pretty big because those, you know, it's a small amount, you know, $10,000 of student loan debt is not, if you have less than $10,000 of student loan debt, that's not uh, completely insurmountable. It's right. you're, I'll just say it's not going to build up as much interest as other kinds of student loans or higher principal amounts. But that being said, if you're still putting $200, $150 a month for 25 years or more on, on the student loan, uh, that's something that's going to be affecting your pocketbook pretty significantly. Now, imagine you can just save that money or you can use that money on something else for groceries, for, for uh, building up to actually try to buy a home as soon as this housing market gets sane. And it's probably not going to get sane, people. Uh, it's the same shit, different toilet. Buy a bidet. Um, but, you know, that's where we're at. So I, I, I do think that, yes, student loans should definitely be dischargeable in bankruptcy. But I think the wider point is student loans shouldn't exist at all. Like student, student debt should not be a thing. And I don't want us to get used to just these Band-Aids. Uh, this $10,000 forgiveness is a Band-Aid. The, even if we make student debt dischargeable in bankruptcy again, that's a Band-Aid. I want, I want the solution. Uh, and I want there to stop being a profit incentive and for the profit incentive to uh, outweigh every other part of the reason why people should get an education or every other factor, you know, because so much of like the, the, the jumping cost in, in education are from these bloated sort of administrative roles that they're adding on oh, yeah, more yeah. and more and more. Uh, these universities and, are so corrupt nowadays. It's insane. Look, it's crazy. I mean, like it's, I forgot how much we were paying our football coaches, but there was a leak when I was at U of I, I went to University of Illinois for undergrad and law school. But when I was there, uh, this was back when Ron Zook was still there, I think. But the the salaries of these, <clears throat> these uh, I don't know if they leaked or, or what, but the salaries of a whole bunch of people who worked at U of I, administrators, coaches, the like, they were all leaked. And, you know, the football coaches were making millions of dollars. The... Provost. I think that's public. Yeah, I think the coaches' okay. contracts are public. But yeah, then that I, would I make sense. Yeah. A lot of the people who uh, were being paid were five hundred plus grand a year. Uh, and look, that's a lot of money. I, yeah. I'm just gonna say when I got to when I got to seventy grand a year, I was doing pretty good, and I was starting to be able to pay every bill on time. And I still think, you know, it's not a lot, but like you get to 500 grand a year. Yeah. Like, could you fucking imagine? Like it's, it's, and, and that's money that's coming at the expense of someone's well-being down the line, because if they're willing to keep putting young students, you know, 17, 18 year olds who are told that they don't have any other options, but to go to college. And they're also told, and I think quite rightly, that college is good for them in the long run as far as like, it's good for your, look, I, I believe in an educated populace because, you know, I don't think there's a mass revolution that turns out well for us unless we know what the fuck we're doing. Like, it's, 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 it's a lot of 
understanding how we got to where we got to and why a lot of this capitalist system is really predatory, it requires some knowledge. It requires some ability to think critically and, you know, say what you want about college. But I mean, some of the people I know who are some of the best thinkers studied gender and women's studies, <laughs> studied philosophy, studied some of these degrees that are more uh, apply more critical theory. And that's good. I think that's good for us, um, you know, and, and it's weird that we would penalize people for wanting to be better or to better themselves, uh, especially when we get the fruits of that labor, you know, like we want people to be smart because then they could do all kinds of cool, smart shit. Do we, man? Do we? Do we I mean, really? th- they don't. <laughs> they don't. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Capitalists absolutely don't, but I do. Shit. I would love it if, if. I mean, like, you know, if you could just dork out with anybody about anything, that would be good. I mean, that's kind of what is cool about well, Colin sometimes, right? It's like... people, I, I, I think it's, anybody in power wouldn't anybody in power wouldn't want their populace to be well read. I mean, that's I think that's I'm, it's a very cynical thing to say, but it doesn't matter what system you're in. I think that's pretty I think that's pretty clear. I mean, I don't think yeah. you want. You want you don't want people to be well read. You you'd rather have them um, not have the ability to have the consciousness to maybe organize or do whatever to you know dismantle your power. But uh, one right. thing I wanted to say though um, regarding the backlash, um, here's the thing. Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think it's undeniable that the um, uh, the kind of how do I say this? The, the 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 kind of media narrative when it comes to any major issue that occurs, when it comes to the control of information flow on social media, when it comes to all that kind of stuff, it's pure and and the institutions in the United States for the most part. The, it, this is like peak Democratic Party. It's they're run by the Democrats for the most part. Republicans. Yeah. are not where they were in the George Bush era. That's pretty fair to say. But institutionally, yes. So whenever anything happens, there's immediate kind of backlash. Like I talk to my, I have a lot of black conservative friends. I'll give you an example. And somebody gets shot by the cops. The first thing they want to say, killed by the cops. And the first thing they want to say is, oh, you know, whatever. You know, he shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done that, whatever, whatever. And I always tell them, yo, I'm not, I don't even agree with you guys, but if you want your message to be more effective, I'm just giving you pro bono advice, bro. And like, I talk to them, just like, we talk shit after basketball. I'm like, yo, just let the dude's body be buried and rest for a couple of days. Don't be right. fucking saying that shit when people are grieving and it doesn't matter what the fuck happened. Okay. You yeah. have your talking points, whatever, let it go. So it's the same thing with this, like conservatives now. I don't want to say conservatives, Republic, like a lot of the kind of talking head Republicans. Yeah. They are now in the position where they have, they, they politically have a great opportunity to capture the working class from a rhetorical perspective. I'm not talking anything tangible, just rhetorically. Yeah. Because of the way things are set up right now. Yeah. But they just can't help themselves when it comes to certain things like this. They can't help themselves. 
they just can't empathize when, you know, it's like, dude, people are getting some debt relief. Just shut the fuck up. And if you're smart, just let this, let the situation play out. I know, like, I guarantee you if Trump did $10,000 through, because I remember when, I don't know if you guys remember this, in the pandemic, uh, 2020, when Trump first stopped the student loan payments, um, a lot of MAGA, a lot of the MAGA base was saying, oh, this is base. This is great. Look at Trump. You know, he's, he's looking out for people and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there was murmurs. There was small murmurs that might actually uh, cancel some student debt. I don't know if you remember that. And he was and, and, and they were like all for that. So a lot of this is just pure right. partisan bullshit of yeah. my side, your side kind of shit. But yeah. The main Republican talking, I still like they just can't help themselves when it comes to certain things. And it's crazy yeah. because I'm like, yo, the Republican political strategist, they would they should fucking sweep these midterms and they should win the next presidency so fucking easily just by rhetorical nonsense. Because yeah, okay, the average, you know, American in the Rust Belt and <clears throat> whatever you want to point to in the South. Yeah, they're socially conservative for the most part. We can't deny that. That's facts. But yeah. well, they can speak to that cultural side of it. But the economic shit that they say doesn't speak to them at all. But people, again, they only speak on this cultural shit. But they can't help themselves, man. Somebody's talking here. They just fucking hate poor people, man. I'm not saying that. Most of them do. Yeah. Most of them really do. Both sides of the aisle. They fucking hate poor people. It's been like that. I mean, I saw that on the other side with the COVID stuff last year where the, the Democrats or the more liberals are like, want to like uh, throw unvaccinated people and like fucking, uh, I don't know, kick them like out concentration of the camps or, or whatever. Yeah. Camps or yeah. More support, like, <laughs> just, just nuts. Or cheerleading like DC celebrating the fact that they have a vaccine mandate for high schoolers when it's going to like kick like 35% of like black kids out of school, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. That stuff is, yeah. So both sides hate poor people, but my point is, um, the, the, a lot of it is just partisan shit. At the end of the day, the the rhetoric. Um, I point to that Trump stuff from la- uh, a couple of years ago with the student loans. That was the thing, and they were cheerleading it, and it was just that. So, but there are they just they hate poor people, man. And if the situation's reversed, it'd be the same thing. Just let people have their relief, man. Um, I would have, I would, I would, I would see, I would like to see something like some sort of soft bankruptcy where, okay, your credit score gets hit by, I don't know, 200 points, but your student loans is gone. I don't know. I just want people to have this shit off their backs so they can start families and they can yeah. try to, you know, yeah. live lives. That so are, they can actually live. So they can just live a life, you know, and you're right that right. a lot of, look, that a lot of people let give the game away. Uh, and I think Brianna Joy Gray actually said this, but they... They give the game away whenever they say, well, this is elitist or this is only benefiting certain people. And then they say, you know, you say, OK, well, how about we tax the rich and we can pay for the relief of debt for all people? And they get silent. Or when you say when you propose a solution that applies to relieve all the working class or something that's actually going to be good for the working class. Right. Even like taxing the revenue of high earners more to uh, subsidize or, or pay for, uh, even though it's debt, so it doesn't really need to be paid for, but to to right. help alleviate the student uh, debt 
or the the debts of medical debts of people or something like that. Like they don't ever say shit like that. And and look, it's only yeah, only when it's to argue against something like you know right. giving people student debt relief or something. Which right. I gotta say is part of what makes Trump very interesting because you said something. You know, like he does have a base that basically think anything that he does is based. And when he says, oh, student debt relief, and, you know, the Republicans are such cowards on their side, and they know that they fucking suck, that they have to just follow everything Trump does. So if Trump were going to eliminate student debt or to do something like that, it would be based. I mean, look, he he really does. uh, I mean, Trump could, like, fuck a squirrel in its ass on live television, and people would be like, oh, based. His people would just would go along with it. Yo, last uh, year, uh, not in his, not last year. So in his presidency, I think in 2018, he um, he had that uh, first step act. So they they let out some mm-hmm. nonviolent yeah. offenders. Yeah, violent, like 10, yeah, yeah, ten thousand or something. Yeah, I think it was ten thousand black people initially was the first wave. And what were his base saying? They're like, oh, see, this is great. You He's know, for prison reform. Yeah. He's for this. Like, it's yeah, fuck? it's really it's what really crazy, dude. Yeah. 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 That tough on crime shit stopped real quick with, you know, and, but that's the thing. Like, I, I do think I've, I've been convinced by a lot of the arguments of like um, the 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 need to not necessarily co-opt a message, but to make people put their money where their mouth is. You know, um, yes. the 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 abolish the FBI tweets that you started seeing from, you know, like the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the like. I do I think like that's something you have to play on. You have to go for it and then you have to force that. And you have to make that, uh, you know, make them put up or shut up. That's that's good. And, you know, the problem is that the people who are in office for the most part now all serve the same corporate structure and the corporate overlords. Because here's the thing. You can't get elected, you know, 99.999% of the time unless you have fucking money backing you. It's all money. It's money. And that's, that's the problem. It costs to become president. Ain't that a bitch? That's a motherfucker. I know. And you got people like, you know, like Michael Bloomberg and the likes who literally buy themselves onto a fucking debate stage. Like, what the fuck is that? I thought this was democracy, dude. Why is this dumb motherfucker like up on the stage with us? I don't know. Michael Bloomberg may be a nice guy. I don't know anything about him, really. But like, no, I don't I don't I don't believe in a billionaire. Wasn't even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, he was, was. He was. Giuliani. That was uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, but I think he kind of supported it too. I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's look. I just kind of assume if you're a billionaire, probably not a nice guy. You know, a capitalist right. system. I know there were some uh, some hands got broken in that. Some lives got destroyed uh, on your way there. Uh, the exploitation levels that you had to get to are usually, you know, that's how it happens. Unless you just sold like a really bomb-ass album, like you were the hottest rapper alive, sold a a bomb-ass album, and independently like got all the proceeds from it, then, you know, enjoy your billion dollars. But for most of these people, nah. You know, I'm yeah, and you and you gotta you you made a you make a good point about uh, you know not it's not really calling people out, but kind of like let letting let making people take their logical conclusions, right? Yeah, and, and even put up or shut even, up. Yeah, even like you know frame things from their perspective, I think is valuable. Like I mm-hmm. yeah, I have a, I have conservative positions. One of them is I think universal health care is a conservative position. You can save a lot of money doing that. Mm. In, in Canada, for example, I spent half of my uh, adult life I, splitting between Canada and the U.S. 
I, I agree the system has a lot of flaws, but it's better than what the U.S. has on the whole. I, I do agree with that. Unless you have money. For sure. Then I, for then, sure. Yeah, for sure. If you have money, the U.S. system is better. But it was brought in by conservatives because it was viewed as a way to save money. So you just yeah. got to argue. You got to frame things a certain way. But, man, I just think at the end of the day, right now, things are so fucking partisan that yeah. you know it's just it, that those are the lines so it, it don't matter what happens on either side the other side's going to have this insane reaction it's just wild but yeah man thanks for letting me do my thing I love to talk yeah it's great to hear from you man thanks for calling in all right up next you know him you love him <laughs> what's going on ja how you doing man oh go ahead and unmute yourself ja are you there Oh, there man, my bad. I, I thought that there was somebody else in line after me um, or before me. Yeah. I prepared. I was juicing ginger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to you, take you, care you. of my gut health, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's great. Yeah, you got to have a healthy gut, man. You know, you definitely indeed, do, but indeed. get that gut biome going, you know? Something, something like that. <laughs> so how you doing, man? That was, uh, it was fun hearing you uh, have to go over that whole... Batya Ungar Sargan, uh, or what, what, what were we called her? Gruk or Unga Bunga? I don't know. Unga Bunga, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Unga Bunga's was... video with, with Brie yesterday. That was wild. That was so unholy. I'm just... <laughs> <sighs> I, you know yeah. what, though? As I'm listening to this and as I'm thinking more over the days, I'm just like, we don't even have to defend this. We don't have to defend it. Right. You know? We don't. Because it, yeah. Because if anything, it just draws attention to how this was the last refuge for the incompetent in the first place. Like, are you mm. kidding me? The dude, this is the only means that anyone in power right now can make anything happen for anyone, even if it's something kind of shitty and just a band-aid. Right. right. It's incredible. And we should it's incredible. about that. I ain't even trying to defend this. Right. This is some corny shit. It's corny. Listen, the fact that there's this much blow up over this small of a little thing, over $10,000 of debt forgiveness for something that should be fucking free to begin with is is nuts. And I'm not I'm not out here trying to defend it. I'm just I want I want it to be called out though. I I want to call it for what it is. You know, I want because I do think that there's there's not everyone who's saying stuff like this. You know, you have like the Ungabungas who are She's clearly bad faith. There's no way she's not bad faith. She's she's smart enough to she should be smart enough to know this. She keeps talking about the working class. It's all buzzword. She's positioning herself as a leftist, but she's not. That's a fucking op. You know, that's that's an intentional sort of decision to sort of be able to get that Bill Maher invite of here's a leftist who thinks a left is going to left. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's she knows what the fuck she's doing. And it's not that I want to call out so much, but I do think that there is enough of like a cultural milieu to keep on our French Les Mis theme and shit. <laughs> but like there's enough of a cultural milieu now to where people think that the confines of this argument are between did Biden go too far? You know, like that's an appropriate sort of confine of, of this argument. And really that shows that propaganda and the sort of corporate propaganda that's been put upon people is just working. You know, the fact that they think this is an elitist measure as a messaging strategy means it's working that, that idea they're trying to put that idea out. And 
we need to have, even though it's fucking stupid, like that anyone could even think that this is an elitist policy by a means tested, a fucking means tested loan forgiveness and not even forgiveness credit of $10,000, right? How that is somehow like it, it, it blows my mind that we even have to like defend how that's not even going far enough, but, or how like the confines of, of, of this conversation could somehow be like, this is too radical, but propaganda is a hell of a drug. And we have to fight against that. And we need to have counter narratives. So part of me is like, should this have any attention put on it? No. But I also have to go out there and say, fuck you. It's kind of like, like, you know, it's kind of like why Brie, I think, is on the hill. I do think it's important, you know, and I thought that was awesome of you yesterday when you were talking to Brie. Um, I hope you don't mind if I, if I mention it, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on front street. Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) But I believe I I remember when Brie was, was starting to do rising uh, you, you thought it would be a bad move. You thought it would, it wouldn't be, you know, uh, well, you can, you could say it in your own words. I don't have to, well, I was mad because the haters. It was just really discouraging, and it just was so. I don't know, man. Like I get so annoyed with the Robbieites and Robbie. Yes. Where I'm just like, you guys, uh, he, come on. Like, are we not? He's have yes. Him? And I, we talked about this yesterday on on, on the debrief, where I'm like, are we not going to have the conversation that just ends all conversations when it comes to pretending that Robbie is for anything realistic or like, do do you know what I mean? Right. Right. The fact that his opinions are even treated as even valid to consider to begin with, really like have that they have any place in reality at all. Like, because to me, you know, it's ridiculous because, you know, if you're trying to preserve the planet, you're trying to preserve life, you're trying, right. It doesn't see, it seems like people are like, Oh, you know, I could rock this post-apocalyptic thing for a while because I was born sometime in the 80s, and I ain't got that much longer to go, and sure. it's going to be all right. I, sure, I, sure. I, I, I don't get it in that sense of, like, what are we really aiming for? And it just is, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you know, it, it makes no, like, libertarianism to me probably makes the least amount of sense of, of really anything in, in that they think the free market it's it's dependent it's it's such magical thinking to think that very truncated yes just to, to think that you know roads and bridges and i don't know like that a corporation's going to curtail its own uh emissions because it's good for the planet or for the whole it's like what the fuck that doesn't even make any fucking sense robbie like sit down for 10 minutes and think about it and i understand like why people would be cuz i was you know i was a little tepid about Brie going and starting to do a regular spot on Rising 2, especially since that's when Kim Iverson was still there. And I feel like Kim Iverson is one of the most, like, I I don't know if she's intentionally trying to be bad faith, but a lot of the stuff she ends up putting out there is like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, yeah. this is borderline conspiracy, like, bullshit. There's not enough. You're, you're obviously, you obviously have a narrative in your head first. And are trying to make that narrative work as opposed to trying to figure out the truth of that narrative uh, uh, of the situation that the narrative pertains to. Right. Um, But like, you know, I was I was worried about Brie going on that show, too. But but again. She's a gifted 
gifted communicator. She's Ain't very she? good at it. She is so fucking good at it. Honestly, I could see her running for office. I know she would never want to do that, but look, if you're if you're look, if you're already there and I don't know how much I believe in electoralism and everything, but you know that you care about the policies too. You know that you care you you can have ways even when you talk when you're arguing to people about, well, why would you not just structure the policy like this? Yes. Like you I want people in positions to be able to do that. And it's, you know, she's clearly, clearly very, very good at just cutting through the bullshit and communicating and keeping her fucking cool, too, because my God. She's gotten better. She's gotten, she's grown. Yeah. And that's yes. really what I meant to bring attention to is like you are really figuring something out here and you're really on the right track. And it's yeah. actually a model that everybody should take on yeah. some capacity on the left to be if we're trying to build a bigger tent coalition with it, you know, with people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you there. It's she's so gifted. And OK, so yeah. OK, so five. I mm-hmm. was at um, uh, Black Revolutionary, uh, what was it called? I can't remember. Yeah, Black Revolutionary, uh, Blackout, Revolutionary Blackout Network, I think. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. R-B-N, yes. Uh-huh. Um, and they were talking about, you know, well, Sabs was saying something about how she can't get Brianna to get her to go on her show, or either way, right? What? That don't make sense, yeah. Well, right. It, it doesn't. I would feel like those two would be really sharp and they would sharpen each other and it'd just be like love fest. But Sabs is like, I don't know. Like, there's this sort of sentiment that people like Bree or Kyle or they named a couple other people are kind of like a yeah, part she, of a certain class of the left. What'd you say? Yeah, she brings up, well, Sabs, Sabs has a, 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 the times I've listened to her, she does have a bit of a bias there. And it doesn't yes. mean she doesn't have a point. It doesn't mean she doesn't yes. have a point, but I think she looks to people like Kyle and thinks, well, why is he so successful? And well, he won't even talk about this. And it, there's a bit of like a, I don't know what to call it, but she's she mentioned it a couple of times. And, you know, say what you want about Kyle. I think he's he's pretty consistent in his takes and Kyle's seems Kyle. to have like Kyle's Kyle. Yeah, he's he just really doing his thing, Kyle. Kyle you know? Yeah. Kyle. Be getting my yeah. Too, but I love him. Kyle's Kyle. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And But but, you know, I, I do think and, and the thing that starts to happen too with someone like Bree is if you you have a big audience you have a lot. I mean, like the fact that she's still doing a call-in is fucking insane to me because she has, she's got the Hill. She's got her own show. She's got all the stuff that happens behind the scenes of like preparing for a show. Even with something like this, I got to dedicate at least two hours in the week. And that's a small amount. If I'm doing, if I'm doing a more in, in depth topic, if I want to kind of have stuff to talk about, stuff to read, stuff to really know. If I'm if I start writing, that can take hours and hours and hours and hours. And you're doing that, you're writing your radars and they have to be cogent, they have to be good, they have to be and she's doing all this like mostly uh you know, she's got her producer Ben, but she's doing this a lot on her own. I mean, she doesn't have she's yes. She's she's steeped. she's steeped in the sense of when you're kind of, I, I think a lot of her content bleeds into each other in a way that is a little different from what you're doing. 
in a way that kind of allows her to sort of float in and out of of, of the, the three different mediums really well because she's talking it's not like she's talking about the same stuff but she's she's starting to have that very wide base of knowledge and just different touch tones that she can draw from where I think it might be a little bit easier kind of like I'm trying to think of an example of I don't know uh, it's easier to it's kind of like how every field, like, you, you know, you being a lawyer has, yeah, has its yeah, own no, lingo. Like, UX designers, yeah. me, have our own lingo with stuff. And once you kind of know it, you can communicate with people. And it's just easier to be steeped into that world altogether yeah. than if you're trying to, like... Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the more you're steeped into that world and the more that you... Look, the more she's researching, I, I think she's getting sharper for a reason. Because... Okay. It's it's the same way that, you know, lawyers who have been practicing for a while, who have sort of seen the courtroom more often, who have seen more things happen, they become better lawyers because you're just sharpening your tools over and over again. The best example of that really are public defenders. I, I cannot believe they have a reputation for being bad attorneys because when it comes to actually going to a trial and getting through, there's no one who has more experience than a public defender. They are the, they know everything that's ever happened in, in a courtroom and know how to adjust and react to it uh, better than most, much better than just about anybody. And there are people, you know, doesn't mean that people who aren't public defenders can't be great trial attorneys too, or even better trial attorneys, but like th- th- they are constantly being sharpened by being steeped in that shit. And even yeah. if you were a bad attorney, even if you were a bad attorney, a year or two, even in the public defender's office, you're going to be way better. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what we're seeing now, too. But again, I think I think that's why I mean, I've always been someone who you you know, I'm from southern Illinois. I'm from the country. I'm from mm-hmm. a lot of Trump country, a lot of like boondocks, a lot of banjos, a lot of Confederate flags, <laughs> not very many black people. And that's all real. Like, I'm, I'm living in Illinois, and motherfuckers got Confederate flags up. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's not – that you're in the wrong army, honey. Like, please fix that shit. <laughs> but you, you get used to – I don't know. When you're surrounded by a lot of that, you realize a lot of people, they all want the same things. They are very good at being misled. They, they respond to certain types of messaging. But you do get good at just sort of – conveying your points, whispering to them. And I think one of the things that really kind of, one of, one of the things that's really kind of opened my eyes big time, Ja, and I'll tell you this story, but uh, I was a student in, in high school. So I was down there. Uh, and so was my older sister and, you know, my younger brother was too and whatever. But uh, there was a class that was taught by a guy, we'll call him, um, Call him, uh, I don't know, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> call him Mr. Garrison. We'll steal him from South Park. Uh, we'll call him Mr. Gary. We'll call him Mr. Gary so that you can just have a blank white guy in your head as opposed to Mr. Garrison. Um, wow. So, right? <laughs> but Mr. Gary was a uh, teacher there, and he taught a class called American Problems. And it was basically a class where you go in and – uh, you're supposed to talk about issues in American problems 
that come up in politics, you know, abortion, gun rights, yada, yada. But the thing is, when when it's radical to even be a Democrat in that environment, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the conversations that were had were like, was slavery all that bad? Like, I shit you not, <laughs> right? Like, uh, we had a whole conversation in this class about why can't we say the N-word? And Mr. Gary said it every time. He's like, I don't see anything see, wrong with the word. I don't see anything by, wrong with the word, nigger. But I know, I, I know, I know. I John, listen. Like, uh, yes. About the slavery thing. I'd be like, oh, how about let's try it out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, right, right. Let me try it. Let's Let me try it on you. One of them plantations and let's, right? let's get it going. Yeah, I'll get the whip. You get the cotton. We'll figure know. it out, you know? And And see, but like, if you're in that environment and you you are constantly reacting like that you'll go crazy you'll go crazy there's part of it that like you have you have to learn how to kind of like because i'm hot headed by nature i really do want to I, I i want the heat like let's just fucking what's go what's your sign what's your sign i'm i'm an aquarius <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay yeah I, yeah, I know you'd think that I was like, I don't know, like a, I don't know, a, a Aries or something like that, but yeah, or, I'm Leo, Aries yeah. vibes going. Sad. I might have like an ascending Aries or something like that, but I'm I'm totally an Aquarius. Uh, totes, I'm fucking totes an Aquarius. Okay, but uh, you know, you're you're sitting in this class with this guy who is just openly saying, I don't think there's anything wrong with the word nigger, yada yada yada, right? And I'm explaining all these different things, and mind you, I'm a fucking like junior in high school i don't know shit yet i don't i haven't i haven't been educated about the true history of the united states i don't even know who the fuck fred hampton is at that point in time because he's been erased (laughs) from history because they don't actually teach revolutionary politics here because they want you to think that somehow malcolm x was the same as the kkk who went around fucking lynching people for no fucking reason and that the black panthers were somehow the the black equivalent of the kkk when really they're establishing free fucking breakfast programs you know it's all that propaganda bullshit no, they can't be it's, the it's equivalent all that shit. of the KKK because uh-uh. the KKK are still not listed as a terrorist organization. I know, right? Ain't that a motherfucker? Like and that shit, Panthers that kind of shit. Were. That kind of shit. That kind of mm-hmm. shit, right? Like, and, you know, I learned all this later, but during the time, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to articulate my points. I'm trying to communicate. I'm trying to frame things in a way, you know, you make a lot of analogies. You make a lot of, you know, you figure things out. This guy is like a fucking Bernie crat now. This teacher, he's talked about like trans rights on fucking Facebook. On fucking Facebook, this teacher (laughs) who taught this class, who lives in this ho-dunk motherfucking conservative-ass conspiracy town. And every time I'm on there, he's like, anytime you're back, you know, I think he's retired recently, but he wants me to come back. Come into American Problems class. Come on. We need your voice. We need to hear you. And you, when you see shit like that, I'm not now. Look, I'm not trying to fucking Daryl Davis, all you motherfuckers. Like, uh, that's that's the guy's name, right? Daryl Davis, who goes around to KKK members. He's a black guy. Who goes around and convinces them basically to stop being either. racist. You know, like, and and look, bless his heart. And I, 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 and he's done. You know, there's no denying he's done some really good work. Uh, there's no denying that. And there's no denying that, like. Uh, you know, I, I just can't imagine. I can't, I, I don't know if I can go that far. If a motherfucker got a hood on right in front of me, and I'm going to be like, hey there, buddy, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, but like there, there is something 
that seems to kind of, it's interesting when you see that maybe not everyone is stuck in that way. Maybe there is a way to have a counter sort of a counter informational attack to the sort of propaganda that we are constantly inundated with, you know, something that can actually break through. Oh, good. But see, but this is okay. So I wonder with the bad faith actors that are people mm-hmm. like what's her name uh, Bhatia or whatever her name is Ungabunga Ungabunga you know with people like her I, it, it makes me wonder what real people think because again we're not mm. you know besides corny ass polls we're not really and corny ass polls that only ask very certain things. We're not really right. privy to the information of who really cares about what and in what way. Right. We just have to like take our word for it that we take that we have to take Robbie's word for it that so many people are outraged about this. Yeah, right. Because he's really hanging out with so many people of so many different socioeconomic backgrounds. He's really in touch with so many workers, right? Same with Unga Bunga. Like, this motherfucker gonna talk for working-class people. Put them on the microphone then, motherfucker. Put them on the microphone. Like, yeah. let them talk. How about that? If you care so much about them, if you're so concerned, shut the fuck up. How about you let them talk? Like, goofy motherfucker. Like, goofy. Goofy. Goof troop-ass motherfuckers. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, though. It's crazy that, like, and, and and because, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know, like, when you have people sort of purporting to speak on your behalf, but not for your benefit, mm-hmm. like, you're, you're black in America, it's had to have happened, you know, <laughs> like, it happens, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's a part of it. It's fucking crazy, though, because uh-huh. it's like, people start to use your, your racial clout or whatever they want to call it, like they, they use it and weaponize it to make a point that they want to make, not one that you need made for you, not one that benefits you, but they want to, they see that there's some, uh, you know, some status or some kind of uh, authenticity, some, uh, you know, some kind of genuine something that's added to their argument by claiming, you know, the speaking as a black man label or something like that. And then they fucking take it and make some crazy ass bullshit white supremacist point with it, you know, like some pro capitalist whatever the fuck. And you're like, yo, you just how about Ungabunga. it's Ungabunga. That's what Ungabunga <laughs> is doing. You know, the reason I called this like my working class friend is she's doing the whole this is my black friend thing. Like uh, that's not true. I have a black friend who thinks that that's not racist when I say nigger whenever we're having our fucking phone. Co- you know, whenever I'm doing because like niggers in Paris, right? Yeah, like get the fuck like right because yeah that really that really helps like one black person said it so i must uh, that speaks for all of them that was the other crazy thing with like those classes and shit i mean i don't gotta tell you but dog the amount that people think you can speak for your entire race is fucking bananas like absolutely please like how about we you you just let a lot of us in and we can just be part of the conversation like how about that then we can actually get the sort of you know we can actually be seen as multifaceted like like rich diverse human beings that we are instead of just you know niggas or whatever right but like it, it's crazy it's crazy how they just see you like that you know mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I, one more thing. You were talking about Sabs. I'm, I think she does sport shoulder chips. Um, yeah. In that very sense, that that you know, because there was a lot of uh, speculation as to why Brie is not answering and not inviting her onto the show, and I'm like, I don't like, but we don't know that, right? Right. And, and you know, I gotta defend our girl. Not, I wasn't really defending her. I was like, no, look, I I, I really wish that you guys could could get in the same space, the same conversation space, the same organizational space. I think it would be amazing. But you mm-hmm. know, Bree has admitted it. She's been like, I have terrible executive function. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's hard. I mean, you know, this whole thing. It's tough, and and she is, she's all over the place right now, and and the I, I she is working hard. Like it's hard to, I don't know. It's it's, I can't imagine working as hard as she's doing right now. And I'm fucking working. You know, I, I, I do law during the day, which is a lot of that really, it's not really work. It's me sitting on my ass and then, you know, like I'll type something up and then I'll think for a long time and be like, hmm, and then I'll type something else, right? Like a lot of it, Man, like- Man, thinking it, takes work by- it, it does take work. I don't mean to diminish it, but I will say I worked harder when I was a barista. A hundred percent, I worked harder. I, 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 I Sometimes mentally too, dog. Like I, I will mean. say, I will say though, the one thing is that you do- a big difference between being a barista for me at least and and being an attorney is you take the attorney shit home with you sometimes mm-hmm. i just cannot sleep i cannot sleep because i have a due date and i know i'm not where i need to be and i need to like i'm like fuck fuck i should finish that motion i should finish that motion and i'm like why can't i fucking finish this motion it's so and simple your brain doesn't why? even know how yet you have to build all it, right purposes. that shit yeah work and calories it does Believe it me. takes calories i will say it, 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 but like that being said you know I can walk into the office anytime I want. I can just work from home. I know I don't got a fucking, I don't got people over me, like looking at everything I do all day. I can be on Twitter. I can do this and that. I go to the bathroom. Ain't nobody making me piss, piss into a motherfucking bottle so I can keep this fucking package line going. You know, oh, yeah. like you, 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 it, you, it's, 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 it's house slavery to field slavery, right? Even though none of this is at the level of that, but like, that it's that that's it like you still uh, but you know there We're are some benefits about the ratio between the yeah the, yeah the ratio and and, and and right 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 and you know the 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 relative sort of the relative yeah, yeah. comforts that you have right like uh but you know yeah i mean i look i i think i hope I, I I mean I know that Brie blasts out Revolutionary Blackout Network too. She'll mention yeah. them a lot and say go watch their she stuff. Nick's Nick great. This there. is great. Yeah, she had Nick on there like a week and a half ago or something like that. It was, yeah, it was like yeah. two um, debriefs ago. And yeah, maybe not on bad faith, but man, this is what I told Sass I, and, and the rest of them. I was like, listen, we as the audience, there's a lot of mm-hmm. for audience right here. We can. I believe in applying a little bit of pressure and being like, yo, Bree, let's, let's get, let's get these people on here more often. Let's right. Get you in an organizing space with them. Like what would that yes. look like? Do you have the That'd capacity? Be great. Is that your interest? Because I understand that Bree is serving a very specific purpose and she's on, on, in a very specific, like uh, on a very specific project. And I think mm-hmm. that's okay. But what I, what bothered me about that conversation today was just the misconception that, her not answering was about something that it probably is not. And that kind of division in the left is so you, cornball. You know, it, 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 
I think a very important lesson from life is that, you know, it's not always about you. And I don't mean that. I'm not trying to say Sabs is making that. But, but but what I mean by that is like, you know, you're dating someone and you're talking and you reach out to try to get a date or something like that. Or you're on an app and someone doesn't return your message immediately or something like that. I've seen some people be like, well, fine, then I didn't even want to fucking talk to you anyway. It's like, dog, maybe I'm just busy. Maybe she's just busy. And here's the other thing. Maybe it's not a matter of like she didn't like you or they didn't like you or anything like that. Maybe or life just, just got I'm in the left, way. I'm, I'm, I'm left of her and she doesn't. Right, and I'm, right. And I'm, there's, there's some sort of threat going on. And I'm going to take her, you know, because that's, right. that's what the talk was. And I'm just like, man, this is. It's like, girl, please it, not. It, Right. It, it it's it's sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what's going on with them and and stuff that they have happening in their lives. You don't know how many emails or how many whatever people are getting. You don't know. I don't get back to people sometimes. I don't get back to my mom and I love my mom. And it's like <laughs> doesn't mean I don't love her, just like I do need to do better at that though, mom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been she's bad at that. Right there, I, I know chat. she's right there. I know. God. Yeah, but it's it's you know, like, I think people taking that kind of stuff too personally is not great, especially when, look, I don't, like, I am, and this is just me, even if Bree or anyone was a huge fucking asshole, let's go, you know, bring up Jimmy Dore, right? <laughs> even speaking if someone was, yeah, speaking of assholes, right? Today. Right, right. <laughs> look, but here's the thing, like when I'm talking about a leftist movement, I don't care if Jimmy Dore gets back to me or not. I don't care if he's a dick. If we're for the same thing and we need to move, we can move a, a, a position forward in coordination. I'm working with them or I'm, I'm going to still be on the same side. You're not going to hear me out here talking shit or talking like, well, they need to do this or they need to do that or whatever, because that's not the goal. The goal, like you can't lose the plot, right? Like the plot mm-hmm. is progress. The, the plot is collective ownership of the means of production. It is freedom. It is, it is all these, you know, like true freedom, actually having producing the things that people need to serve them, taking care of people's basic needs, make sure everyone's set, and then get into that fucking gay space communism that we all want to get to so much, right? That Star Trek shit. Like that's gay the goal. That's the plot. Communism. Yes. And I can't remember who first told me that, but that's that that's my politics now forever. It's just gay space communism. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. (laughs) I can't. Uh damn. Well shit. Well what what do you think, Josh? Should we hear from Lorraine? Absolutely. Look, Bob, I still owe you that chicken dinner or whatever other kind of dinner. It's still happening. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Josh. Thing in the universe right now. Oh, thank you. You too, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm super glad that you stopped by. And uh, yeah, hit me up if you're in Chicago. I'll I'll take you up on that chicken dinner for sure. Damn skippy, bye. All right. Take care. All right. Peace, Josh. All right. Okay, mom, go ahead and unmute yourself. Can you can you try talking? 
Testing, testing. Yay! Oh my God! <laughs> can you hear me? I can. I can hear you, mommy. Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> hey, but, mom. Um, hey, I'm calling in because I do never get to talk to you. So. Yeah, that's true. This I'm sorry. Is the only way I get to talk to you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so bad. It's okay. Yeah. I really, I enjoy the show, and I enjoy all the people that call in. Uh, except Lindsay, I think she's willing <laughs> to examine herself. I think her, yeah, it's her no, ego she's or her id or her. No, I, 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 I honestly, no, I honestly think I don't want to talk too much about her because I honestly think she's suffering from something legitimately. Okay. Like, uh, I've seen like she. There's like 500 shows. I don't know. Like most of the shows on Colin, it's still a small app. Most yeah. of the time, she she has a show. She's ho- she she does like or schedules like five or six or seven different shows a day that she's trying to do during the day. And half of, and half of them are like our black people, barbaric freaks and stuff like that. It's like a lot of it is really fucked up. And then the other stuff is crypto shit. It's so it's like you're either fucking with Bitcoin or you're fucking with racism. And those are, I honestly do think, you know, I'll I'll stop talking about it, but I honestly think she has, I I think she, we need to get her health care. Uh, because there's clearly something going on, for yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't take not, what she I says. I'm not mad at her too. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at her. <laughs> yeah. What is um, what is this dark Brandon? I haven't heard. Of and I'm almost afraid to ask. Like, no. Is that the latest? Yeah. So this is this is a oh this is so fun. So um, if you remember back a couple years back or whatever, there was that stadium of people uh, at either, it was either like a basketball game or or a baseball game. And they kept chanting, uh, fuck Joe Biden. And the person who was, uh, I don't know, one of the people who was like an an announcer or something thought that they were saying, let's go Brandon. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people on the right and the left too thought that was very funny. Uh, The let's go Brandon. So they started, you know, Right. The right had the whole let's go Brandon part. Okay, good. So here's here's where we're at now. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever Biden does something, quote unquote, based, which is based just means uh, awesome and leftist. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Student loan debt relief, um, the the Inflation Reduction Act. And these things are not like super leftist, but it's become kind of a meme. It's become kind of a meme to call him uh, by his name Brandon as opposed to Joe Biden. And then here's where the dark part comes from. So there was a, there was an element of uh, a very online MAGA crowd that believe that Trump should just be an emperor and should bring in a, like, you know, like a new Reich or something like that. It's just some bullshit. And they were calling it, you know, dark MAGA. Like, let's just enjoy, let's just like embrace Trump as a dark emperor and they put like laser beams in his eyes and he'd like have fire coming out of his mouth. So people on the left thought that was very funny Mm -hmm. and started to do it with Joe Biden. And now every time he does something that's like potentially secretly becoming leftist or secretly good for people, you know, whenever he's acting basically like Bernie Sanders at this point, people are starting to call him dark Brandon. So when we're talking about dark Brandon rising, it's kind of like our fucking Batman coming in and like, Okay, so it's, it's very stupid. It's a good it thing. is a good thing. Yeah, Dark Brandon is a good thing. 
Uh, and it's also funny because it has the added effect of sort of uh, being annoying and sort of it's like reclaiming mm-hmm. Brandon from, right. yeah. you know, which is very funny. That's and I, I think it's probably going to die because the, the White House has started to put out their own dark Brandon memes, uh, <laughs> which, you know, you are about as good as what you'd think from a staffer for Joe Biden, uh-huh. uh, which is not very good. Uh but it's it's funny, and I like you know I, with as depressing and everything as politics can be. Sometimes it's fun just to laugh. Like you know, it's it's fun, and I like calling him Dark Brandon. And if he does, you know, if he legalizes marijuana, then he'll be you know I don't know like ultra he'll dark be Brandon, dark, dark dark Brandon. Yeah, he'll be dark dark Brandon. Double, double dark Brandon. <laughs> he'll be double dark Brandon, Super <laughs> Saiyan J Brandon, Dark Brandon yeah. or something. I don't know, but. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what that is. So it's just, you know, it's a just a fun thing that we're doing. But uh I don't know how I missed all that. But you're you're not perpetually online and you have like a a, a life. A I do. I have a job. And a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're doing you're doing stuff in the real world. Uh yeah. you're painting, enjoying painting pictures and caring for the birds and right. for all the, the dogs and all that. So Yeah. 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 But it's funny because Joe Biden has it's been a conversation, but Joe Biden actually has been doing some things that are. This is depressing to say, but some of the most I don't even want to call them progressive, but as far as. Presidents who have gotten more progressive things done, Mm -hmm. he's doing more than any other president in my lifetime. And I think that just shows you how dire things are because I still, you know, I'm not saying I like Joe Biden. I might like Dark Brandon, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, it's, he's, it's, it's strange that he's starting to, I don't know, that things are starting to get done under his presidency, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's not enough. And these half measures are not going to be enough to save us from sort of the doom that, is on the horizon, you know, and that's what, that's, what's crazy. Um, that's, what's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I know it, he, it, it seems like, um, a lot of people in this, on your show here, um, and in general, um, discriminate against him because he's so <laughs> Discriminate? Old. He's so oh, Mom, and, and, stop. No, it's true. I'm, stop I'm it. Speaking up for the You're ta- senior citizens mom, of the world. Mom. Okay. Let me just because let's 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 just examine that a little bit. And he's a little <laughs> sometimes he says things that don't make sense. Yeah. But and he teases about what medicine he's on. Yeah. And, he's and on he that says, shit, I, mom. I personally like how he walks. He's, like a little how he walks bob hold on but let me just let me just examine that a little bit okay because you're talking about a generation of people who voted in droves for bernie sanders Mm -hmm. right it's obviously not the age it's the fact that like look if you're if if it gets to the point to where you know he has Alzheimer's or something. I'm discriminating like fuck against yeah, but against you him. You know, like. But you, you, I mean, like, like he's a goofy. Like he well, he does talk like it. 
Mom, come on. Yeah. Come on. Mom, you know, you're lying to yourself. You know he's goofy. You know he's a goober, Mom. Like, stop playing. You've well, laughed at him. Well, you just course. feel bad for him now and you want to be nice. That's what you're doing. Well, I just don't think, Which is very sweet. I don't think but he's at all senile. I, think I don't know, man. Totally with it. I don't know. I, I on that one I honestly like look, there's obviously been some signs of cognitive decline for him to me as I've seen. Okay. But like if that's what's making him dark Brandon, then you know, have at it. Like keep <laughs> like I'm totally fine with that, but yeah. it's it's I think the the real sort of ageist thing going on in a lot of Congress is that you have people who have, you know, like Diane Feinstein, who from all accounts is does not has severe cognitive decline. Really? And yet her and the old yes, her and the old boys and girls club are like her cognitive decline is so bad that her own staffers are leaking it. Mm. Her own people, right? And they're saying, "Look, this is bad." And yeah. she can't remember having conversations with people who come in the room. She can't remember like there's a lot of oh, there's yeah. actually been a good amount of reporting. I know, and it's sad. And yeah. I don't, you know, but like she's like 90 something, right? Or like 89. She's she's old. Yeah. And and that's not the problem. The problem is when the institution and the people who are in this Democratic majority and who run these parties are doing everything in their power to keep other people who have more popular policies from coming into office because they want to maintain control. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Pelosi does that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joe Biden's part of the old Boys and Girls Club. I mean, uh, uh, look, a lot of the reason people don't like Joe Biden, too, is, you know, he's got some really – shitty politics from before and he's responsible for a lot of the things that we're talking about now mm-hmm. when you've been in congress that long you can't hide from your record and right. you know the 94 crime bill the 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 whatever the legislation was to make student loans uh not dischargeable in bankruptcy and yeah. you know yeah, I voting they found that out too but yeah yeah you know he's like look there's i i think to the extent that People try to reduce mm-hmm. – because here's what I, I worry about. People want to paint the people who don't like Joe Biden in the worst light possible. Mm-hmm. And this is this is something they did with Trump. Everyone who votes for Trump is a racist, right? Everyone who doesn't like Joe Biden, they just don't like him because of his age. Make them – no. We don't like him because the motherfucker is not doing his job. He is not doing it to the degree that we need it right now in the crisis that we are in, a crisis that he helped create while being in Senate for years and years and years and leading us down this road and failing, failing in leadership to stop it, to stop the place, to stop the eruption of where of, of, of all these like bad things that are happening going on that we're at now today. He, more than other people, is directly responsible because he's been in office. He's had that power this entire time to change it. And I think that's we we cannot just dismiss valid sort of criticisms of him as a leader, of him as a politician and the political establishment because he's old and walks funny. And sometimes we're going to make fun of him for that, too. And guess what? Motherfucker deserves it. I'm going to make fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. I make fun of, you know, Trump. You remember Bush, you know, like, dude, couldn't fucking talk. Couldn't put a sentence together sometimes, you know, like Mm -hmm. fool me once. Shame. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Won't get fooled again. You know, like, yeah. it's that's fair game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I he has been there for a long time. And I think that's part of why um, I appreciate him 
because I've been watching him for for years. Yeah, I know. And um, whenever you've been in politics for that long, you're going to have some decisions that maybe you'll regret later as you grow as a person and as a yeah. person that now things are different and you would have voted differently back then. You know, everybody has that. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't care if people are criticizing Biden and I don't think he's perfect, but I also, I, I see how hard it is to get anything done. Um, it was hard for Obama. Nobody it shouldn't have been. I know. It shouldn't but, have been. You know, they're both moderate. They're both willing to work a yeah. higher aisle. Uh, but then you come up, up against a Republican Party that their goal is to make them fail. And so then it becomes hard to do anything. And the original bill that you put together gets chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and chipped away until it's a, a, just a tiny little fraction of what it was when it started out just like the sure Care Act plan sure but you could it's so imperfect well that's because they had to take so much out of it to get it passed in the first place but why did they have to take that out of it to get it passed mom because they weren't going to pass it there were certain people that weren't going to allow it to pass until they took certain things out of it what people i don't remember but now that you say that I wonder because I don't think that bill got any Republican votes, right? Yeah, I don't know if it did. I don't. I can't think remember. It got any? But 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 that's the thing, right? But had that's to take you, stuff out of it. I remember that, like the so, Republican so, part of it, which would have yeah, you no know, cost and all that. So yeah, but here's 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 a kicker, right? If they didn't need any Republican votes to pass that bill, why is he chopping it up? I think he couldn't get it passed. We have to Obama back. was the most popular politician in modern American history. No, he wanted it. He had the people behind him. him. He had the people behind him. If he uh, here's here's the truth about Barack Obama with this mom, and it's been a hard pill for me to swallow because I kind of look like him, and he kind of looks like me, and I was really excited for his presidency. But here. Oh, oh my God, I'm a rapper. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the, here's, here's a hard truth is if you're the most famous, most, most popular president in modern American history who's promised to get a public option to reform health care and you have a supermajority in Congress, you bully whatever fucking – Democratic congressman, you need to, to pass your shit. You're the boss now. Fuck old Joe Manchin or whatever the fuck is going to be the guy who's in your way. Fuck them. You're the boss. Make them have to come out against you in public and say it hard. Like make them, make them, make them have to fight you but on let it. Me, let me just make it a fight. Here. You're talking but, like Trump. Oh, Yeah. Trump wants to build his wall. Yeah. He could have built his wall mm -hmm. because he had all the votes on both sides saying, okay, we give up. Here, you can have so much money to build your wall. Build your wall. But it wasn't good enough for him. He wanted to have everything he wants his way or no way. And guess what happened? 
it, the wall didn't get built. That's not why the wall was built. He never had the ability to build the wall really in the first place. He never had the support, did he? he I mean, did. and other anyways, well, well then he, he should have fucking built his wall. And he didn't because Then he should have done it. It wasn't enough money for him, so he held out and then he took <sighs> Well, I mean, first of all, he said he, uh, the, the wall, I, okay, uh, where does, okay, let me, the wall, whatever with the wall. Um, but he said he was going to make Mexico pay for it. He said he was going to do all this shit. To say, I want everything and nobody else matters. But mom, he, I'm sorry, but for as gifted as a politician as Barack Obama is, his inability to get some no-name congressman to vote for a universal health care bill an L I got to put on Obama's record and on his head, you know, we can't like, especially when you have the bully pulpit, when you really have the bully pulpit, honestly, we need more people, you know, if Bernie Sanders got in there and then got all timid and didn't try to bulldog shit, I would be upset. I think part of a president's role in some, I'm not a unitary executive guy, which is like the president can do anything and everything. He has ultimate power and he's above the law or she's above the law or whatever. Like, I I don't believe in that. But I do believe that as the head of the third branch of government that has executive function, your job is to push the boundaries as far as they can possibly go for the people that put you into office. Mm -hmm. That is it. You are the guy. Yes. You are the HNIC, right? Like you are, you're the guy. Yeah. So if you're going to come over here and now tell me that you can't get your own party on board, tell that to Trump. Tell that to Trump. What Republican now comes out against Trump? Right. Fucking Liz Cheney. And they're like the worst (laughs) ones, right? Like piece of like, and then people try to act like she's not a piece of shit. Like, come on now. But everyone's trying to like Trump, a goddamn like con artist who was a TV show host or whatever has all these Republicans licking his boots and being in line. You're telling me that someone as capable as Obama can't bully his way into that shit. He, he, Obama knew what he was doing. It's not his personality. Yeah. But you know what? Then he's unfit for the office. No, that's the thing. He is mom. We're at where we're at today. It's it's like, can we all just, be, yeah, um, but old school, like he, mom, like that. Have to go back to being halfway decent. But that's that's not. See, there's too much put. There's too much like investment into like civility in politics and like posturing. And remember when we used to go and play tennis with Republicans and we all had a laugh over an ice cream cone. Like fuck them. <laughs> like I'm sorry, you're burning the planet down. You're burning yeah. the fucking planet down. Buddy, I don't I don't give a fuck who you eat ice cream with. Like we people are dying in Pakistan right now because of fucking hundred year floods that are taking people out. Right. Jackson, Mississippi doesn't have any fucking running from global warming when these people were bailing out fucking oil companies and, and subsidizing yeah. their drilling and having a good fine laugh over the civility that they used to have. Because if 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 the cost of civility is this mm-hmm. is the true brutality that they've brought into the world, mm-hmm. the true sort of brutal truth of, of like kids now, you know, Gen Z and people, 
being depressed out of their fucking minds and having no hope in the future and people having no hope in electoralism at all because those civil people, those civil people let our earth burn to the ground for money. Those civil people took away your fucking parents for generations, all you black kids, by 101, 1001 sentencing for crack cocaine and building up a prison industrial complex. Those civil people bombed hundreds and thousands of innocent people, brown people, in order to raise the stock of Halliburton. If that's the price of that kind of civility that they want to show us, I'm not paying it. Fuck it. No, show me the, give me someone who's a dick or who is, who understands the stakes and is not going to lie to people about it and make them think that there's some back in the day, happy go lucky shit that we actually had. Cause that was a fucking gilded age. That was a gilded age. Who's your, um, who's out there that can fit this description right now for you? Girl. I Girl, I do not even know, honestly. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are, you know, there are some people. There are some people that I thought would be good, honestly. Uh-huh. What's the, the cat's, man, why am I blanking on his name? He was going against Nancy Pelosi in the, uh, uh, God, what's his name? Yeah, Kushma Sarwant is one of them. Uh, she's one. But, 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 but here, so here, but here. What's his name? Going against Nancy Pelosi. Someone type it in the chat. Uh, yeah, Butar. That's it. Um, who's going up against Nancy Pelosi? I, I did like him. I did like him. I thought he was pretty good. I do like Rebecca Parson as well. Allison. Uh, Matthew Ho. I like him too. Matthew Ho. They're, they're better. The chat, but that's okay. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Uh, Shahid Butar. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Uh, Look, the problem with a lot of it now, too, is, you know, when you ask, who do you like? It's one of the biggest problems with electoralism now is that a lot of these people to even be known have to already be like pre-approved by the money and interests that are going to fund their campaigns, that are going to get them elected, that are going to, you know, pay for Facebook advertising or Google advertising, whatever the fuck, who could put people in front of your face. Which is why we have so many, you know, I, I'm sure you you would agree with this. We have so many like Democrats and Democratic politicians who are just completely untalented and nameless and personalityless and like dead. You know, like we don't we don't care about any of them. They inspire no confidence. They inspire no. Uh, we don't want to, you know, follow them anywhere. And I know that you like the way Pete Buttigieg talks, but that guy is so empty. He is just an empty husk. And he has no ideas. I mean, if you look at what he's doing with the transportation, Department of Transportation right now, uh, in a year where the airlines are making records for the amount of canceled flights and selling seats for planes they know they're not able to staff and the kinds of abuses that they're doing, he's issued less like regulations on airlines than fucking... I think Trump did or Obama. And he's like, he's, he's supposed to be the guy, the guy, the guy is an empty talking head. Who's going to try to Obama his way into our hearts and into head office. And I think that he's the exact type of politician I want to avoid because there's no substance. He's just going to continue the neoliberal order. And we don't have time. 
I, I feel like, you know, I've heard of a lot of different initiatives that he's taking on with the airlines. And I, I feel like it's so, it's a lot. He got this position and there's so much going on because of the pandemic. It's like, almost like when Obama became president and the economy was in the toilet. Yeah. You know, Pete Buttigieg takes over the Department of Transportation and it's in, it's just a mess. Mommy. And what can one man, Well, you know, you start from where you have to learn the job and then you have to figure out what needs to be done. And there's so much. It's so I agree. No, I, I agree like, with that. Have you, have you even, and you probably have, you know, because uh -huh. I know you, you research stuff, but he's done some stuff. You can't act like he's an empty shell. Right. A lot but, of well, uh, I'll say this, mom. Uh, let me just say this though. Exactly everything you just said. Yes, that's a hard job for one man. Yes, it's an unprecedented time. Yes, the pandemic. Yes, the no one could have saw this coming. So why the yes, fuck? Someone who struggles there. Someone who struggles there. Well, that one, we'd have to get specific about what he did. Yeah. Because if you can tell me what he's done well, specifically, then we yeah, can have that conversation. Yeah. But I, I, I'd have to look it up while we're talking. But but I, that's I, what I'm saying, right? Like at least that there's a lot of good things because I've heard him being interviewed and going over these things, and I thought, oh wow, that's really great. You know? No, man, he's he's just blowing his he's blowing smoke up his own ass, mom. Like no one's gonna come out on an interview and say. You know what? I'm actually kind of fucking up right now, like real bad. No, you know I what know, I mean? Like Joe Biden's not going to do that. Trump it. Trump thought he was he doing the greatest no job in the world. He's got policies that he's talking about. Right, but like a, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. And and the thing with Pete Buttigieg in particular too is uh, I'll give you all the stuff about like yeah, these are unprecedented times. He has a huge task on his hand. But the fact that he's failing to live up to that task, now we're going to promote him to president? To well, fail to live up to the even harder tasks? Well, nah, dog. Mm -mm. Listen, mean, oh, you know he's going to. There's all kinds of chatter. There's all kinds. Look, this is someone who, he just wants to run again. He wants to be president. I fucking hate motherfuckers who just want to be president. Like, huh? I, oh, great. I want unicorns to be real. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, sorry. I know I'm cursing a lot. I'm sorry, mom. But like, it's, you know how I get when we talk about politics. But it's, it's, it's. Like, why is why is someone becoming president like as like a bucket list item? Why is it more important to them that they become president not to actually do something with the power, but for their own self-actualization? What the fuck? Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Go like, I don't know, join a club. Go do something. If this is about you and your legacy, go fucking figure that out, okay? Because right now I need someone who's going to stop the world from burning. I need someone who's going to do the job mm -hmm. and do it and put it first and foremost and understand that the people like now is not a time to be reaching across the aisle. Bring motherfuckers with you. Put up or shut up like and that is there needs to be. If, if people really understood, if, if they really believed, if they really understood that, like we were heading towards the extinction of our species. Of, of every species on earth. Like you would think they would act with a little more urgency that they would do something, but like, that's the, that's the tell.
That's the tell is and, and you know, I know I'll get back to Joe Biden for a bit. But when we're talking about, well, the times have changed and they change their votes and everything. Look, we need I think the president needs to be a visionary. Mm-hmm. They need to see into the future mm-hmm. and start planning for what's to come ahead. Yeah. And say what you want about China. Say whatever the fuck you want about it. They're constantly doing that mm-hmm. as a government. They are, there's a reason they're surpassing us, right? It's because they're thinking, and look, their system does allow them since they have a, you know, right. a 100% control over it. Yeah. They, it does allow them to think more long-term and to plan out, but they're doing it. And look, China is, China's all over Africa right now. You know, dad talks about yeah. it all the time whenever yeah. he's all over there. But here's the thing though, too, they're, they're indebting African nations, but a lot of the times, they're forgiving the debt, mm-hmm. which they're building relations there. They're building over there. I have a feeling that that might be more of a, I don't want to say a partnership because, you know, I'm just wary. I'm an American. I've seen imperialism happen and it, it may not be military imperialism, but my God, like it does. I I know people, a lot of people look at Africa and they, they only see dollar signs, mm-hmm. Right. And how can we exploit this? How can we make that happen? And, you know, we'll see. But, like, see, they have, as a country, they have a vision. And we're over here talking about motherfucking CRT in schools. And the people who want to be president are people like Ted fucking Cruz Mm -hmm. and Pete Buttigieg, both of whom want to be president for the same reasons, because they want to be in a history book someday. Fuck them. Fuck both of them. I, I won't want to stay on the phone too long because you got better. I'm sorry. To talk to. No, mom, you're the but best. You're the I best person here. I don't think you should compare Pete Buttigieg with Ted Cruz. But here's the That's thing, mom. Here's the thing. Here's That's the thing. If I'm if I'm don't going, it depends on what we're. It depends. Ted Cruz is the worst. Like like I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right. No class. Period. No class. I would rather some someone with no class no, and a fucking no, agenda. No. I would rather no. I'm serious. I would rather someone who gets in and has an agenda. You, and also, did you hear him today talk about the student loan debt? I heard him talk about like baristas being like, I don't know, they're too gay for him or something like that. He was saying some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, look, he, if we, if we start talking about Ted Cruz and all the stupid fucking racist shitty shit he's ever said, we'll yeah. be here all day. I mean, I, I so sometimes I'll, I'll get randomly that. mad. Well, I know, but that's just like, when I'm comparing them about their motivations to be president, to be yeah. president, I see the same thing. So this is how Biden and I talk about Biden. This is how we argue and bore everybody to death. So I'm going to get No, I don't think they're bored, Mom. I'm sorry. No, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. It, it, but I, um, yeah, I was just going to say I randomly will get mad because I'll think about Ted Cruz saying – uh, I don't know if sand can glow in the dark, but we're about to find out. That gets my fucking blood boiling every time. Like, what a piece of shit I know. to like to take yeah. human life like it's a yeah. game and talk about dropping bombs on people yeah. as if it has no emotional weight whatsoever. What the fuck, you psycho! Yeah. Like I that. I I literally like I'm getting mad right now. I get yeah. it. Piss. It's so I'm cruel. Yeah. It's so cruel for no yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. And like to think that that was American foreign policy for a bit and that you could get cheers for that. Fucking 
it makes me so angry. It makes me so sad. And it makes me, you know, I hate that. But, you know, so I don't mean to say that, like, maybe they're the same morally, but we need someone who, God damn it, people have are, have been struggling in this country and around the world, the world really, for too long. Yeah. We need someone who cares. We need somebody who's actually going to fight for those people and to to understand that a lot of these snakes and a lot of this swamp in Washington is paper tigers. They're paper tigers. And you can just get in there and bulldog it. And they're all barking, no bite. Like, make it happen. And Pete Buttigieg is not the one. I will say one person I do like, even though I don't agree with all of his politics, but I think I think he shows promise is John Fetterman, honestly. Now, it's a half measure. Again, he does not – he might go in there. I, I have a feeling he's going to go in there and do the same thing. But he is – Isn't he uh, – is he going up against uh, Dr. Oz? Yeah, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. So and I- Last I heard, he wasn't. Um, Oz was kind of edging out over him. Is that true? No, um, it's it's been the exact opposite. But more recent polls are showing them closer, okay. which is scary because Doctor Oz is like the fact that Herschel Walker and Doctor Oz have yeah. anybody voting for them yeah. is pretty wild to me. Um, because Herschel Walker cannot even fucking like that guy. I, I feel bad for him, but he's got to have some brain damage or something. He's he's. He doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I cannot fucking tell what this guy is saying to me. Um, but I, I do like, I do think Fetterman, as far as uh, the way he's running his campaign and the people that he can appeal to, I think I think he's a solid candidate. Mm-hmm. His poli- But his politics, again, w- it remained to be seen. He did endorse Bernie, mm-hmm. which was good, but... Uh, you know, I don't know. But I, I could sit here talking to you all day, Mom. And I'll, there's you too, bye. You can run. I'm not going to run. You Fuck can that. You run for office. No. Nah, never. It's, except, it's too... Except there's some of those crazy videos from your past that might surface. Yeah. Someone's going to see my big <laughs> my big mangina out there. It's going to see my mangina. You guys don't want to know about yeah. those past videos of Biden. <laughs> It's worth it. Nah, whatever. If they, it, it'd be sometimes. <laughs> you know what? I think I think it'd be better. I honestly do think that like someone who was more Trumpian in how they kind of address media and stuff, like a scandal. You know, they're like, "Is this your mangina?" And instead of saying either, either like, "Yes, I've been so ashamed," I think just being like tucking your dick between your legs, showing your mangina right there, and saying, "I don't know, is it?" It looks pretty similar, and just like going for it, I think would be You're really. The man. You're the I think man it'd be really man. fun. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just and don't. How are you I don't. Going to explain the um, the onesie to skin tight black unitard video. Oh, I don't need to explain my fetishes to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> That's on me. That's between me and God, <laughs> and and uh, my law school, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, 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 I'm not gonna out you anymore. Okay, no, it's okay. I've had myself plenty, but uh, yeah. Thank you so much for calling and listening. It's so, it's so okay, nice to see you down there. Hang up because I don't know how. Okay. <laughs> All right, I will, mom. All right. All right. All right. I love you. Love you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, Omar. What's going on? Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm doing. Welcome all right. back, I should say. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back. Yeah, this yeah. is my second time calling. Um, I, I know 
I kind of tuned in and out. Um, but I know that probably uh, Batya was taking up like a large part of the conversation. Oh, but yeah. I don't I don't know if anybody mentioned this, but she uh, do you know you know Jeremy Corbyn? I do. Yeah, the labor leader from uh, uh, UK, right? Yeah, yeah. So he. Uh, she attacked him on a, an interview that she had with um, Bree. They were talking about Whoopi and how Whoopi made a comment that uh, Jews were white. And like everybody just kind of uh, jumped at her neck for it. Um, and she like in passing and like the 20 minute mark of this interview, uh, it's called canceling Whoopi for races for racism. She said that, um, <laughs> Uh, that the people, the British Jewish community in England understood that they were facing this big threat from Jeremy Corbyn. So she just like randomly, just kind of like very casually dropped that in that. Um, I don't think that Brie knows enough about the situation or maybe she just doesn't want to touch it. But uh, the the uh, pro-Israel community and the conservative community and the neoliberal community in England basically sabotaged Jeremy Corbyn's chances of, of uh, becoming the, the next prime minister. He was so popular and they just did this smear job on him, this dedicated lifelong anti-racist whose, uh, whose only crime was to consider Palestinians human beings like she attacked him like just just to give you like yeah. some background on how how much of a fake uh, leftist she is um, and and like I mean not to even I mean we can't yeah. even scratch the surface with what people who support Israel do they, they, they kind of compartmentalize their brain and don't look at the fact that the yeah. Israeli uh, weapons industry, their surveillance industry uses Palestinians as lab rats to develop their 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 uh, goods, and then they go to to trade shows and then sell them uh, with the label of uh, weapon or um, uh, battle tested, uh, and like that spyware kind of comes around to to us as as like spyware that gets um, put into iPhones. Uh, it yeah, showed up in, Jesus. Uh, in Khashoggi's phone and his uh, wife's phone too. Like, so they were using it. They sell it to anybody. Um, and yeah. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. the Saudi Arabia. They sold it to Saudi yeah. Arabia, and that's how and they got into his phone. Yeah. Uh, police uh, departments from the U.S. do exchanges with Israel. Uh, they learn the the best, the worst practices, and they learn how to treat people that they're supposed to protect like an invading army, like an occupying force would like, they just have like these really terrible uh, exchanges where, where they just kind of learn how to suppress movements, how to infiltrate them. I mean, it's just like anybody who can defend this, like anybody who like is critical of Israel is branded an anti-Semite. And what about the humanity of Palestinians? And it's not, and, and if even, if you don't care about Palestinians, this shit comes back and bites us in the ass. Like us, like yeah. brown people like yeah. me, like Latinos like me, like with a militarized border, with all this fucking drone 
uh, yeah. technology that they develop. Like, how yeah. can somebody defend that? How can like there's just so many mental gymnastics that that need to happen for somebody to to defend that? Look, I I I really like I'm not one for. I think when people say, "Oh, that's just an op," or "She's an op," or "He's an op," you know, like some intelligence operative, or they're just, you know, it's an operation to throw people off the scent or whatever. I'm not one to actually believe in that most of the time. I'm skeptical of a lot of that shit, right? I, I think a lot of it's just kind of funny to meme on it, like, "Oh, they're an op." The, the more I've learned about Unga Bunga, um, <laughs> the more I, I really do believe. I think she's an op. Like I, I like unironically, full stop. I think she is an an op. I think she's someone who is made to try to appear leftist and to feed into the narrative that well the left has gone crazy. But listen, if you're a pro imperialist, pro sort of, if you think if if you're just a human being looking at what's going on in Israel right now and saying anything other than really like, hey, Israel at the very least you need to scale this back. This is a huge power dis- – like the, the the balance of power is hugely in your favor right now. Yeah. If you could still say, well, the Israelis are really the ones who are being oppressed. It's like, no, just objectively, <laughs> if we're just looking at it, no, they're not. They're not. They And and I'm not saying that that means Israel doesn't still have a right to exist even though it's like, yeah, it's fucked up that like they got there by killing and kicking a bunch of people off that land who are already there, but like, here's, you know, the thing is like, they're there now. Right. And people have yeah. a right to exist wherever, kind of, you know, like it's, it's, it is what it is. But like, if you could say some shit, like, yeah, it's actually, they're being oppressed. Like you're, you're, you're drinking Kool-Aid, you know, you're not looking at the actual situation as it's actually been on the ground. And look, Israel has a very powerful lobby. They really do. I mean, I, Abby Martin could tell you about it. I know that she's she gets all kinds of uh, you know accusation of she's an anti semite or anything like that or this or that, which is just you know I haven't I haven't seen it, but you know when she's trying to sign a contract to speak in Georgia, and there's a provision in the contract that says you will not criticize Israel. It's like what the fuck? How does that get into a contract? based on, you know, on a, a speaker at a campus. It's like, and, and that's the thing that people have to be very careful of here is uh, when, when you can, uh, how do, how do I put this? How do I put it? Is this, is this the end of my career? Is this where I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't have, but no, I'm trying. It's, it's, it's this, it's this idea of, there is a utility to weaponizing identity sometimes. There's a utility to it. There's a utility, and it's been done by people before, to shutting down legitimate criticism by claiming racism. Or by, you know, my conversation with my mom, by Joe Biden, legitimate criticism of Joe Biden by just saying, I think people are ageist. And she's not doing that to, like, try to, you know, she's not like bad faith or anything like that. But the narrative that's perpetuated out there to say the only reason people don't like Joe Biden is because they're ageist is fucking absurd. As a narrative, that's absurd. To say that criticizing Israel and their policies as a government, as a sovereign fucking government, and what they're doing 
to the Palestinian people. <laughs> yes, all of that shit. With, with an army, with a, an air force, a navy. That, yes, with yes. With advanced weapons, like the, right. one of the strongest militaries in the world. Against right. Them. Yeah. To, to try to dismiss their, or excuse their actions, excuse imperialist actions, violent actions, racist actions, by shouting racism is bullshit. Or shouting anti-Semitism is bullshit. It's bullshit, you know? And also, you know, like, Jews are kind of white. You know, like, it's only if they see you, right? Like, you have to, like, people have to know that you're... Like, I understood what Whoopi Goldberg was saying there. That's a weird thing, because it's like... Some, I, I know, you know some Jews who uh, who have identified as white. Like, they identify yeah, as white. Yeah, most of them... All of them I, I thought, I thought, like, I thought... I th yeah, I thought, uh, do the majority of Jewish people not identify as white? Because I always thought they did. You know, it's just, to me, it's like being, it's like, you know, when you're gay, but you're not like out of the closet or something like that, you can kind of still hide and let people kind of treat you like you're straight to some extent. Like if you don't like necessarily tell people, I don't know, if you don't necessarily tell people that you're Jewish, then can they tell? Like, I don't know. I don't think you can. At I least, mean, what, I mean, I can't. What happened to them but... happened to Italians. Like, Italians weren't considered yeah. white. Uh, yeah, exactly. In the, in the 50s, they, they were called all kinds of names. And then they've been uh, welcomed into whiteness. And so that's happened with Jews as well. Um, right. And yes, there's this really awful history that, that they've been through. But, you know, like the, the lessons of the Holocaust should have been never again to anyone like it shouldn't be like a tribalist uh it shouldn't thing that you take away from it it should be a, a very universalist hum humanist uh takeaway from it that we need to be talking and preventing all kinds of inhumanities against every, all groups uh that that should be the takeaway it shouldn't be we should milita militarize the fuck out of our country uh yeah and and like just bully everybody around us like what kind of a lesson is that yeah it's not it's not a good lesson not a good one to take and you know i'm reading reading some of the comments and there's some uh some good stuff pass for white is as jonathan says is what i was looking for and then also sonia and and rudy bringing up some points that yeah i guess not all jewish people are white uh i don't know why that like what the fuck of course not uh, Ethiopians and and other people, so I can actually kind of see. Yeah, Mizrahi. I, I, like that actually Arab makes sense. Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see like, how like that could be racist, kind of, because you know, if what only Jews can be white, I don't know, but I like, mean, it's like a, Jews can only be white. Centric. I mean, yeah, it's it's very right. It, I right, mean, it right, shows right. how American centric we have. The majority of Jews in here are Ashkenazi Jews, European right. Jews. Right, 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 right. Um, and in in the Middle East, there were a lot of Arab Jews who are usually tend to be browner, uh, right. and and Ethiopians. I mean, but they they get treated like shit. Like in the foundation of yeah of Israel, they got treated like shit. Like the Mizrahi Jews, the the Arab Jews got put in like the shittiest parts of the land as a buffer against against like the Arab hordes. Like the Ethiopians were like sterilized. Some of them were like forcibly sterilized. Like there's like already like a hierarchy of Jewishness in Israel, and like people don't want to talk about that. That that it that at its core, it ha unfortunately, ironically, tragically, it there's like a kernel of white supremacy there. 
Yeah. Isn't that, yeah, that, that's a bitch of an ending, man. You know, to get to that after all that shit, it's, it's, it's terrible, but you know, yeah, that's rough. It's rough. It's rough, but, uh, I still don't like uh, Unga Bunga. <laughs> I I can't stand I can't stand listening to her. Like she thinks she's so much smarter yeah. than she is. She's like, yeah she yeah. So she, I mean, I made a comment I, in yesterday's I, show where like she was reading her own words. Like you re- like right a, a, right. Presumably she Script, wrote those right. words, and she just sounds so robotic. So unnatural. and she was she was she was citing to her own articles within that too as like objective fact. Or as if, you know, like Brie called it out, but as if like someone else was, had written the article when the reason that, why that, that idea from the article was out there in the zeitgeist is because she put it out there. So she's, it's like saying people are saying this by people. I mean me, you know, it's like, well, like, fuck you, dude, like get out of here. It's, it's one of, that was one of the, that's one of the, I, that genuinely made me uh feel just really gross uh hearing what she had to say about that and i you know sometimes you cringe for people you know like i was cringing like yeah just hearing that because it's like this is so leftist my fucking balls dude like not at all like and and i you know and i'm not i'm not into gatekeeping or anything like that either i think it's stupid but like it's the only reason she's calling herself a leftist is to have try to get the clout that you know like like dave rubin used to do and then she's gonna make her turn then she's gonna have a nice following of dumb motherfuckers who are just listening to her shit being like yeah i used to be a fucking leftist too but then i you know like eat my ass like eat my fucking ass dude i don't got time for all that stupid bad faith bullshit like she can't explain the logic behind one of her ideas aside from the fact that like this is elitist by helping people enter into institutions that require money and have guardrails to keep out people like you from affording it. Like, yeah, come on, dude. Good logic. It's just, it's ridiculous, but I don't know. Any, uh, any parting shots, Omar? Yeah. I, I mean, I love that Katie helper, uh, is on the, on rising as well, because anytime she mentions, I mean, she's Jewish and she is a very progressive, great human being. And anytime she makes comments about Israel uh, that, that are critical, I can just picture like Batia like just tensing up. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of exchange they have, but I mean, I'm glad that Katie's there. I'm glad, you know, that there's so many, yeah, so many like humanist jews like who stand up for for humanity for like yeah. decency yeah and she, and I, she I, ain't I, it <laughs> no nah, she ain't it she ain't it and uh you do not have to stand up you can be a proud or you could be like an american and you don't have to stand up and excuse american imperialism you don't yes. have to do it you don't have to uh excuse the fact that ted cruz was talking about making sand glow in the dark like that's abhorrent. All right. And there's no amount of like national pride or identification with your country or anything like that, that should let you not call a spade a spade when it is like, 
when something is fucked up, it's fucked up. That's all we need to say. That's it. So, Omar, I always appreciate you calling in and uh yeah. Yeah. Talking to yeah. You. It's great talking with you, man. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. All right, Rudy. What's going on? Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn Suites. Abide, man. As a leftist, I gotta say, I love a sort of child or a mom trader, you know. (laughs) Everyone's called me a mom trader now because I don't believe exactly what my wonderful mom believes. (laughs) I love it as a leftist. But as an athlete, listening to the thing, wondering, where did the lady go wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, you'll you'll never hear my dad on this podcast for that reason. So he's not. He's not. Yeah, he would. He'd probably be like, "What are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Is this the way you run your politics?" <laughs> you know, yeah. he'd, he'd give me right. some shit. <laughs> funny man. This ob. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. How you been? What's going on in your life? Good, good man. Just um, yeah. running about as always. Yeah. Thinking, you know. I've, I've, I get into these conversations and people are really like caught up on the symbolism and mm. I can understand why people are caught up in the symbolism, but I'm like, it is Obama's prerogative, you know, like to, to go into the white house and basically bomb black people to get more popular. Yeah. But we, you know, it, it isn't our prerogative to, you know, Class because it's black, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy because, like, people and I understand, like, when when racist people come out and start um, aggressing Obama and like calling his wife a man and all of that stuff, like, I, I right, that's that. that's fucked up. Yeah, and all the, I mean, if you remember a lot of the, you know, the monkey shit that was going on, people wearing shirts with a monkey on it, like, don't vote for Obama. And then they'd be like, well, I don't know how it's racist. It's like, yeah, you fucking do, dude. Like, stop. Right. Like, right. come on. Don't insult everyone here. And, you know, I I feel for him and all that. And that kind of stuff will make you want to, like, defend somebody, right? Uh, to to It'll make you want to be in their corner. So I, I get that. You know, the tan suit stuff, like, even that. It's like, come on, that's a... You're giving a guy shit for wearing a tan suit. Can we just get along with our day? Uh, but it, it doesn't change the fact that, like, you're right. Like, if his prerogative is to go and bomb brown people to show that he, too, is good at military, then that's got to be called out. And it's also abhorrent, right? Yeah. It is, like, I don't care about the color of the person who's enacting the imperialism. I don't want imperialism done under my fucking name, under, under the banner of the country that I'm supposed to represent, under my vote. I don't want it. I, I, I want health care. That's what we want, you know? And you could have done that. And I have to, you know, I've taken plenty of L's in my life. I'm sure you all have too, mm-hmm. you know? You got to take the L and you got to take your L's when they come. And I'm sorry, but not... Not passing universal health care, not doing enough on climate change, everything. A lot of his presidency. There's a lot of L's. Not to say that there's not L's in Bush's presidency, of course. So probably the, some of the biggest L's. And Clinton and Reagan and Bush won, all of them. But, like, I'm going to hand this man his L's. You know, period. I, I do not care what he looks like. 
and the thing is, because it is his prerogative, like it's gonna be really tricky moving forward to get shit done because when yeah. Bernie to do something good, oh, that gets in the way of, of Obama's uh, legacy. Uh, when the basketball players stopped bouncing the ball and started, you know, politicking, oh well, you know, Obama comes in and it's yeah, a, yeah. It's, we we gotta sacrifice everything for Obama. It seems, you know. Right. Well, I suppose when Malcolm X comes back, we got to do something for him. When why right. <laughs> God, we we should just find a lab somewhere and try to clone Malcolm X and bring him back. <laughs> well. Isn't that we went wrong the first uh, the first time we got Obama when we tried it? Yeah, we tried. Yeah, we put in too much uh, everything nice. We needed more sugar and spice. Uh, the canyon, yeah, a lot more spice actually in that in that in that compound. Next time, we'll a lot more cloning uh, spice uh, I mean, to bring thinking, you know to get it right. I'm thinking we go west next time. You know, east. <laughs> right. They lost no. their <laughs> we'll probably get another Kanye if we do that. We'll put too much West in, and then we'll wind up uh, wind up with Donda two or something. I don't know, yeah. but I mean, Wale yeah. But it's it's. Yes. You said Wale might what? I said Wale might be an option too, or we could end up with Akon and an Acoin. It's possible. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't mind another uh, convict music era. Why not? <laughs> like you know. Hey, kind of young Jesus. Sample up a bit before I leave. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, you know, there's a story of um, Clinton not wanting to do anything in Rwanda while mm-hmm. yeah on a blaze. And so, at some point, the American media or the American government with the American media got to, you know started saying, well there are acts of genocide. And then somebody made, somebody asked like, well, how many acts of genocide do you need to have a genocide? You know, and so, yeah, yeah. ask a question, you know, George Bush, we agreed with Kanye when he was, when Kanye was still saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is the Kanye that found Jesus, so I don't know which one was saying. Yeah. When Kanye called um what's the name bush racist for you yeah know. said george bush doesn't care about black people yeah, and that was very true we agreed yeah and that was louisiana mm-hmm. and if i re- if i believe the numbers that like yvette carnell and antonio moore throw out george bush during his um presidency some 12 percent of um contracts went to black people like mm. under Obama, it was from like two percent. George Bush put a dent in like AIDS in Africa as well. Obama gave us, you know, racist um, head choppers, you know, who were headed straight into black villages in Libya. I suppose how many acts of racism, uh, you know, and add the mm. percent of black wealth that disappeared. The black president and black cop. Um, like, how many acts of racism does it take to be racist? Include Flint, Michigan, and all of that. Yeah, I, I, 
that's one of those philosophical questions that I think is for history to sort of decide and for us to decide while it's happening, right? Like if it's, it, look, I, I did an episode a while back about uh, General Butt Naked, basically, mm. and and the Pope. Uh, the Pope at the time in Canada went to visit uh, indigenous peoples in Canada, and he apologized on behalf of the Catholic Church for the uh, sort of forced uh, conversion schools that they had, which killed thousands, countless. We we don't even really know the extent of the indigenous children that were killed and ripped from their families forcibly and forced to assimilate, uh, robbed of their culture. Uh, and he apologized for it, for all of that. Now, does the apology do anything really? I don't know. D- does General Butt Naked in his reformation, does it make up for the tens of thousands by his own admission of people that he killed? It's It's tough to say that it does, but there is something about like, there's something about people. I think I I I'm not as concerned with whether or not like how many acts does it take for someone to become racist as I am with will they stop and what will they do if they stop or where where do we go from here? That's kind of and I know that's weird. Again, you know I I I'm not trying to like rehabilitate fucking racists or anything like that. I'm just saying that like. I think over time, all of us grow. Well, a lot of us do. A lot of us change. And a lot of getting to the future is not going to be dependent on how, what my assessment is of how racist someone was or how racist their acts are. It's going to be based on my ability to get people on fucking board to stop the world from ending. And if, if and when, that's able to happen. If general butt naked is one of the people who is helping us get there. I care more about that. If that makes sense. I know that's, and and again, I'm not trying to say that completely rehabilitates anyone or anything like that, but I do feel like let history do what it does. Mm -hmm. Let the people after us determine what the legacy is supposed to be. Mm -hmm our best thing that we could be doing and the thing that we could do for each other. And if you fucked up the thing that you can do is to try to make that future where they judge you a future that actually happens, like giving people that future, right? Then let them deal with the problems. And I think, you know, I know everyone likes to talk shit about the game of Thrones finale. I do too. Trust me. I I very much do too. Um, But I do think there's a scene I really like. In it, and for everyone else, cover your ears. Spoilers. I'm I'm spoiling the end of Game of Thrones. But Brienne of Tarth becomes uh, head of the King's Guard for the King. I won't I won't tell you who the King becomes, but come on, guys, you you should know at this point if you're you're watching it. But and she's writing about Jamie Lannister because you know it's the the job of the head of the King's Guard to write about the other members of the King's Guard and put their entry into the Book of History. And she's sitting there with the book, knowing that Jamie Lannister killed the pre- previous king, or killed, you know, King, I don't know, Aerie, or, or the Mad King, was it Ares? The Mad King. Knowing that Jamie Lannister was a sister fucker, uh, knowing that he killed or tried to kill kids, but then looking at all the stuff that Jamie did too, 
you know, went back to fight the White Walkers because he thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, saved her in a bear pit. All kinds of shit. And she's sitting there contemplating what to write about him. And I think that's really, that's how I kind of look at life generally, is do you have enough better things in that book to make someone, whenever they write that entry, to try to write it as it is? And it doesn't mean everyone's always going to write it that way. I mean, part of Thomas Jefferson's legacy is the slavery, a huge part. Part of George Washington's legacy is all that, too. And they deserve that judgment when it comes on them. But that's, them's the breaks, you know? That's kind of how, that's just kind of how it works, which is crazy because of all the people who try to run for president, who try to gain power and are making all of these shortcuts or leaving all these people behind or fucking screwing people over and fucking the voting populace, anything that they can do to get power because they're so obsessed with their legacy. They don't realize, I think it's, 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 it's ironic that they don't even realize that they're dooming their legacies. They're dooming themselves. You think people are going to remember Ted Cruz favorably? Really? Do you think they're going to remember him at all? Do you think it matters? Fuck him. Like, his priorities are totally in the wrong place. The idea that, like, even becoming a president of the United States makes you memorable. Most of us cannot name every president of the United States. And we only had to do it once because we had a test. Like, everyone goes to dust. Everyone dies. Everyone's legacy. Jeff Bezos... You too. All you motherfuckers. Right. Too bad. You said what? I said it too bad too. Sometimes I just, I wish that the Christians were right and we actually did have a... a You know, who knows? They they might be. Who knows? We don't know. But we do know we die. And I think that that can be empowering if you let it be. It should be about like... How, what's a more collective force than understanding that you can't hold on to it forever and that you need to prepare people for the future to be able to hold on to it while they can to give it to the next people and the next people and the next to try to see how far we can get collectively. Yeah, That's what it is. Look, that's why Star Trek's so fucking cool. Could you imagine just getting to the fucking stage where everyone's taken care of and we can just, we can just explore that's what I'm shit saying. that is so fucking far out there How proud, like how awesome would it be to know that you as a member of a species, even doing something like, look, I worked at McDonald's to feed people who ended up doing some kind of science to get to a place to where generally 20 generations later, we're in space exploring the far reaches of the universe before even that collapses and expands. That is fucking fascinating that some fucking monkeys did that, baby. Like... We did the monkey shit, like, we're monkeys in space, bitch. How is that not fucking amazing? But that's the stuff that pisses me off. It pisses me off that there's so much potential in every human being and the world. And even with the, let's not even talk about the crazy going out and and stuff like that. In our own minds, the stuff that we don't know about our own minds. Right. Bodies, like. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of life I want to be living. That's what I'm saying that these people have us doing all kind of shit. And the thing is, they're not even enjoying their money. They're out. They're not. Yeah. 
touching children. Like how can how much? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Who the fuck wants to fuck a kid? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck are you doing? These people aren't right. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that kid cannot fuck. Like just straight up. Like that's why I don't fucking understand about it. Right. Like that's like what the fuck are you doing, buddy? Like you. It's it's it. Every part of it is so fucked. People who raise these people. But that's you know it's people get fucking sick in the head. They they can really get sick, and it's one of the reasons why we need resources to deal with people who are sick. My my goal is not like I don't even like. I don't, I'm not a big fan of moral condemnation, except for like when people say shit like, I want to make sand glow in the dark. Like, I want to beat your ass. When you say something like that, I, I'm i just hot. But well, like a lot of like possible. these Mackenzie people, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. hate the people that basically are goody goody and then they need two days yeah. where they go out into the poor neighborhoods and they yeah. have to a person to keep this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Mackenzie people. That that's that's fucking terrifying, and that speaks to like a deeper problem within you. You know that I don't want like a deeper suffering within you to where you think that is the way to get your rocks off is by hurting people. It's like that's you, you have to realize at some point that your wiring's all fucked up. You got it. You like come on. You're you're like a serial killer, right? You're 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 fucked up. You're fucked up. You're fucked up. Right? You. And and it would be nice if we could actually have a society that helped those people. But like, look, you know, I think at the end of the day, the reason I, I even care about like, you know, because if you think about it, you're like, well, what's if everyone dies, if everything fades to dust, if nothing really even matters, if whatever, then what's what's the point? But as soon as you stop thinking about like from a you standpoint, and you just start thinking about like, wouldn't it be cool if like generations down the line, there were like descendants of, of, of our species who were exploring the far reaches of space. And it was because part of what you did here was help make that future more of a possibility. You know, you notice that you were fucking up the planet and you said, whoa, 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 we got to keep this. We got to change our energy sources. We have to scale back on plastics. We have to stop. We like you, you had enough foresight to say, well, I know I'm going to make less money on earth, mm-hmm. but that's not, that doesn't matter anyway. I don't need that kind of money. Like who cares? Who cares? I'm going to have to fuck 110 prostitutes instead of 150. Whoop did he do? You know, like shit like that. It's like. Oh, I'm gonna have to have a little bit less cocaine this evening. Like it's you know, it's 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 right. it's yeah, Adderall. It, yeah, these 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 how fleeting the desires are of the heart that you have here for your indulgences when when you and and how how ironic is it that you're obsessed with your legacy when your legacy could be you launched humanity, you you helped save humanity's future. Yeah, but we're 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 being led by psychopaths who are sophisticated, yeah. and we are in a moment where actually logic might tell you to like act in a psychopathic way. But our last yeah. point, I mm-hmm. no, I do get your point. There's 
it's it's not really that interesting the exercise of figuring out how racist Obama is in itself. It's it's more the idea that it's we're gonna have to sort of reconcile with this thing, right? Because in the yeah, States, it means something that George Bush did targeted basically almost in in a way black people, right? So and then we sort of like nail George Bush for that thing for that racism, and right. so when we go to um, a racist, and we say that Trump is don't really lead with that kind of stuff. So Trump is there's all kind of things that I can sort of um, lobby at Trump, at, you know, without going to the thing that triggers somebody into not listening. But there's enough people, and rightly so that call out Trump for his racism. And I think in the end, it's like very minor in the, because they've all drawn black people. But there are right. people like, this is that Trump is racist and that is the worst thing about him. And so there are enough right. sort of right-wingers that know dirt of Democrats uh, that will say, well, Democrats drone black people. Obama did this to black people in Flint. Obama did this and did that. And we often don't have a response to that thing. And Obama, it is his prerogative to keep fucking up, you know, our plans because any plan that succeeds makes him look bad. So we're going to have to confront this thing. We're going to have to confront. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So we got to figure out how to deal with these people. I'm I'm 100% ready to confront him on, yeah, he didn't care about black people either when he could have. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Like, look, it's, it's, I want the policies. And I think, you know, Brie was onto something when she talks about when you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene say defund the FBI. Yeah. You got to jump on that. And that's the messaging you want and you got to go with it and, 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 and push it. And that's the policy you want. And then make them the people who are like, well, George Bush didn't care about black people or whatever. And who want to call out the hypocrisy, make them, make them own it, make them own it with Obama. Uh, and then, so the next president comes along, say, well, uh, you know, Obama didn't care about black people. Bush didn't care about black people. So this guy has to, right. We have to make sure this person does. And that's the way to uh, kind of flip the rhetoric. What's a rhetorical exercise into uh, something more actionable, but really always love you calling. And, Let's wrap it up. Let's 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 take us home, E. E. Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. I don't I don't know if you've called in before. Oh but. man, no, first time. Thank you. Yeah, um, thanks for calling. Like, oh, man, you you hit me with a hard one right there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how so? Well, I mean, okay, so I voted for Obama the first time around. Mm-hmm. The second time, I didn't vote for a president because I was angry about yeah. TARP. Um, I felt like Obama sold out the American people by bailing out the banks in his yeah. first year as president. Right? Yeah, yeah. So so that, came, that like kind of fell down on me and I didn't I didn't you know, change my mind when the second round came around. But but I did like that we had changed the rhetoric of the populace of America. We had a black president. 
an intelligent, yeah. well-spoken black yeah. president. That was actually very important to me. That's why I voted for Obama. And actually, he was slick. He was slick. In the first, yeah. if, if you will, in the first election was that, like, when people were like, well, why would you vote for him? I was like, I, I care about foreign affairs. I care about how we change the global perception of America, especially after what Bush had done. Um and I want somebody who maybe can negotiate a change in the way that America is perceived in the world. So that was like huge to me, like enough that I, I went out and I voted for Obama and I was young at the time and I maybe naive, you know? Yeah. That, that comes with youth and sometimes right. after it too, you know, <laughs> but, but it was about, it was about him having, a positive effect on foreign affairs. And I, I, I mean, history will tell, I guess, whether or not that was successful, you know, in, in many senses of the word. Um, but, um, but the thing is, is that then, then we were confronted with, what I'm going to call the geriatric age Hmm. Um, because after Obama, we got Hillary and Trump and uh, for better or worse, we got Trump. Like let's not rehash. Right. But, but then after Trump, we got Trump and Biden and now we're in Biden age. And, and the thing is, is that one of the things that I really did and this is my question to you. I'm, I'm getting to it. One yeah, of the take your time. That, that happened is that we reverted back into a geriatric age of old people being in the presidency. And I would like your opinion about whether or not we should continue on this geriatric age because Obama was young. He was he was black, which is also part of his power. He was intelligent, well spoken. And use social media to his advantage, which which means that he understood the world he was working in. Yeah. And and somehow we digressed back into this geriatric age. Like, can is there any yeah. way we can get out of this? And like, like there is. is. What I'm saying? Yeah, I do, I do, and I do think there's a way out. Um, I really do. Uh, first off, I think we've reverted to this phase where you have a lot of the old guard coming in and being the big names in politics and uh, getting into office because they control the institutions and they have consolidated power and the people who pay them continue to fund them. And they're very good at keeping other people out. I think that's a in large part, I think we have a selection bias problem happening here where we're only getting these candidates because they've already been vetted and approved by the corporate elites. And I think that the way we have to start getting out is to educate each other and to call out the degree to which they're serving the same masters. And those masters are not doing what the American people need them to do. Uh, Look, it, it's – when you look at just sort of the, the era that we're in today, 
in large part, you can trace it back to Reagan in the sort of deregulation, the uncoupling of like, uh, you know, banking laws and, and the establishment of trickle-down economics and the neoliberalism that we've been living under since uh, that time. The expansion of the military budget, the ballooning of it, the military-industrial complex, the all these things that start happening post-World War II, um, and especially after, after Reagan, uh, put us in a place to where our, the people who we elect don't actually really represent our interests. They just, they just don't because that's not who – they're not beholden to us. In large part, too, because, look, uh, we were talking about this earlier, Ian. I don't know if you're here or not, but, like, there were – it takes a lot of money to run a campaign. It takes a lot of money to put out advertising. It takes a lot of money to put out disinformation to to call candidates things or to, to characterize them in ways that are untrue. But to shape public opinion is – a lot of the times it comes down to who can afford the platform. Who could afford to run the news story? Uh, who can afford to run the advertisement? And the more money has been consolidated into the hands of a few, the more those few hands have put their money into particular candidates who support particular policies, who now uh, all believe the same old shit. So one of the reasons we're in this as you call it, like a geriatric phase, has nothing to do with even the age of the people, right? It has to do with the fact that they're good and vetted. They're going to be good little boys and good little girls. I mean, to geriatric the both people man. who bought them. Uh, and like geriatric is both. That's just kind of where we're at. You know, it's right. not, and it's not a matter again, it's not even a matter of age. I mean, one of the people who kind of shifted politics the most in America is Bernie Sanders and just his run in 2016. A lot of the reason why I believe or I started down my path and a lot of the reason a lot of people did uh, is because he just came out and said, hey, shouldn't healthcare be a human right? And we're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Why is no one else saying this? Why is no one else in our, in our political environment saying something that's so goddamn obvious but it's so necessary. Like, weren't those wars a dumbass idea? Yeah. And a lot of the reason, a lot, of, I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't think it's a dumb reason to vote for a president because you think that they're going to be good with international affairs, especially after the shit show that was Bush, because my God, uh, it, you know, it was, it, <laughs> the, the, the reputation was, was terrible. But at yeah. the same time, you know, like, I, I think one of the tragedies of Obama is he's so fucking cool and too cool for school and so well-spoken and so goddamn polished and has his shit together that he could shine a piece of shit. He could put a shine on a piece of shit. And <laughs> I, I think when you have policies that continue on being shitty, but you have a voice that's silky smooth and boy, oh boy, did but, you not but, fuck but up see, your is, whole perception, you know? Like, yeah. Like, like, Obama didn't lose to the populace, right? What he lost to was the geriatric system that he ran into. And uh, we have re-voted the geriatric system since Obama. And, mm -hmm. and, 
and Bernie Sanders, like that's a good example. He he yeah. is also geriatric, which is ironic, mm-hmm. but he is not, pro- at least in my experience of him, he's not proposing the geriatric systems. He's actually trying to change those systems, right? Yeah, like yeah. He he's actually um, uh, what what you'd call like in some ways revolutionary as far yeah. as like his ideals. So what what so he's a good example that not all geriatrics are necessarily bad so yeah you've you've you pinpointed the one well i mean like look it's not there's a lot i mean like if you look at people like noam chomsky noam chomsky has been ahead of the fucking curve for his entire like he's been first of all noam chomsky has been old he's been old as long as i've been alive right like noam chomsky has been old for fucking ever he was old during the Vietnam War. He was like in his 50s or something. I don't know. He was fucking old, dude. I cannot believe he's still around. But if you hear him now, he's sharp as shit. And he's always been ahead of it. So it's not even an age thing. It's a filter of who they let in and who they don't. And if you already got your people who are in here, the good old boys club and the good old girls club, and they're all taking care of each other, then yeah. And look, look, the age thing, just straight up, they, they do tend to... Congress... You know, a lot of like law firms and stuff have mandatory retirement at 65. Like they will not let you practice law anymore. It's mostly because they just want to squeeze people out and get more of that money. They want the muck and they want the motherfucking money. But like, so, but like Congress, you could be like 89 and nothing, you know, you could still be running shit. But again, I don't think it's the age so much. I think it's, I think the lack of new blood is because they, they don't let, the doors open for anyone else really. And I don't know the, the most, I guess, successful version of that you had, if you can call it a success was the squad and the justice Democrats, but that's turned out to be a disappointment in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's a, I think there's a reason, let me, I'll put it this way. Uh, e, I think, I think you're about to see, you're starting to see the same corporate media forces start pushing other candidates on you, start having a new uh, age of people who they want to get in there and become geriatrics, people like Pete Buttigieg, you know, Ooh, that's a nice, that guy can talk and isn't it nice and look at him and he's going to be a good, you know, we should elect him to something, even though he fucked up as mayor of South Bend, you know, he, the guy came to be a fucking mayor, can't be a, a U.S. secretary of transportation. He only got the role because he dropped out before I think the California primary or whatever it was, he dropped out of that primary before Biden even won a single state. You're because you got to remember that Biden didn't win any of those primaries until Pete Buttigieg dropped out. And then it was Warren and Sanders were still in it. And for some reason, Warren takes some Sanders votes and bada bing, bada boom, we got Biden. It's the machine working as the corporate overlords and the, the people in power intended it to work which is not for us, right? They wanted it to work for them. And that's the reason you see a lot of this shit happening. Now, what I think is interesting with this, though, is that one geriatric guy who also qualifies for, you know, not necessarily having new ideas, but for breaking through the machine a little bit in the same way that, uh, not in the same ways that Bernie Sanders does, but in the sense that they broke through is Donald Trump. And that's not giving him any credit because Trump can 
eat my entire ass. Uh, but he broke through a machine that was did not want him to be there. He broke through it. I think it's hard to say that. And a lot of the reasons he broke through is because some of the stuff that he says is just true. And it's not filtered, you know, like, uh, and, and true, not in the sense that he wants it to be true. The guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But when he talks about fake news and fake media, I mean, that goes back to Noam Chomsky's manufacturing of consent and the way that the media shapes the balance of the conversation. And they only report on the things that oh, their so, corporate overlords want them to report on, right? They're so not like, free like and independent. You, you like this historical context, right? So I'm gonna, can, I, mm-hmm. can I kind of create one? Yeah, please. So, so it all... It all started with Bush, second Bush, being elected in 2001 when 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. Whether, like, it doesn't matter whether or not you're a conspiracy theorist about how it happened. It's more about what happened afterwards. And that's what bothers me about conspiracy theorists. They're worried about whether or not the tower was blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, that's right. not what matters. What matters is what happened after. Yeah, which is that Bush took away American liberties, yeah. and and this was shortly after we also released um, trade with China. So yeah. so it doesn't matter who hit the towers. Like I mean, we can fight about that all day long. You know, we can argue about it on the internet. But what what Bush actually did, what what created law, was that he created something that took away American freedom. Yeah. And yeah. And when he did that, he changed America forever. Uh, or at least until somebody decides to redact it, but it's not going to happen. Like that's the thing. It's like America was built on the protections of freedom, right? So that was the restriction of power from the government. And most people, and this is what gets me about like Republicans in general, like, like the Trump supporters, you know, the ones who wear the MAGA hat, they don't don't understand that the MAGA hat has nothing to do with it. It doesn't even matter because it all happened during the Bush administration and Mm. all of your liberties, all of your civil liberties were forfeited when we decided that war against terrorism and and it wasn't really we you know it's it's the government war against terrorism superseded american liberties and that's really difficult to comprehend and people don't like thinking about it but that's when it happened and everything since then has kind of been sort of a trickle down effect of that Including, but not limited to, like, like, eh, well, hang on. Let me change change this conversation a little bit. So there's a fight against this that's happening. But it's it's in a cyber world, right? Which yeah. also kind of somewhat ha- has been created somewhat at, some, at a similar time. And it's the decentralization of currency. And so if, if you take these two things hand in hand, like as they're happening, what, what matters now, 
more importantly than anything else, is whether or not we as Americans can hold on to those civil liberties, right? And that difficulty is paramount because cybersecurity is difficult. Um, currency is very difficult. And the FBI, the CIA, all these, these, these institutions who are supposed to protect us are also in some ways geared to destroy us. So what we, what we have to do is take away this, ger- again, sorry for using this word, but this geriatric perspective, this old perspective of how the world works. And we need to influence the electorate to understand that Americans care about their personal property, their personal security, their personal privacy more than anything else. And what they make us focus on are things that are maybe maybe related, but not actually those things. So, like, think about what the news is doing right now. The news focuses on, like... Um, Roe versus Wade, the abortion fight, you know, Dobbs, the new fight, Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they, they focus on uh, individual murders and crime. Right. Yeah, individual that, crimes. That, yeah. that are highlighted, which, which, I mean, I'm not saying those things shouldn't be, but I'm just saying, like, like that's not necessarily what, what's affecting you personally, but they put it in the news, right? Um covid was a good one and still kind of is what they do focus on disease you know like they 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 focus on these things that like hypothetically might actually affect you but instead they're not worried about what's actually happening which is law law that is changing the dynamic of our world you know and 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 the thing, the reason they're doing that is because nobody cares, and it's well. Hang on, let me suck that it's, in a little bit. It's yeah. difficult to understand what is actually happening within our government. So we passed legislation recently called the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Yeah. What did that do? And and. The truth is, I tried to read it, like, and and you can't, for obvious reasons, because they don't want you to be able to read it. But even if you could, right? And 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 you know what? Maybe that's like a coding problem that I could work on. Is how to suck the bullshit out of bills. But but you know, if you, pardon my friend, but if you could read it, you know what it did? Is it gave money to the IRS? See, that one, that's an interesting part because the IRS, in a weird way, I think they do need to be more funded so that they can go after higher class Americans. It's a, it's a slippery slope, but But with that one, because, but that's not what they're doing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see But, but I do think, because, you know, one of the big problems with, Look, I don't want to get too far away just because the IRS point. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, fair. Because look, your your skepticism there is warranted. Uh, But I do look, look, you're completely right about the degree to which the news will not report on the fact that, hey, did you guys remember when we took away all your rights? When we said that, do you remember when we passed laws that we can invade your privacy? Oh, no? Good, because we're not going to tell you about them again, because we kind of like it that way. Um, And again, it all goes back to... It was called the Patriot Act. Yeah, the Patriot Act. Yeah, the Patriot Act. Yeah, they they call it something that is clearly not patriotic, right? Like, they, they try to invoke the idea that it's patriotic, and really it's about spying on Americans. And... Getting in your phone and, you know, now we're going to prosecute Edward Snowden for just right. saying we were doing and treat him like a fucking criminal for the rest of his life. Now we're going to make Julian Assange go insane and we're going to fuck him up for the rest of his life because you don't go against us. Is about is about punishing middle class Americans for having benefited from tax benefits that they maybe or maybe did not file correctly. Like but I don't think like that's do I don't think that's money? a fair I think there's other parts of the Inflation Reduction Act too. Again, and I'm not like a Biden stan, but there's a lot of stuff in there that is actually good uh that will be beneficial. But there's parts of it too. Cuz see, this is what I we I think where we can actually like really agree here though is the degree to which there needs to be some kind of concentrated effort to at least put pressure on the Inflation Reduction Act or so, an act that any administration passes to be actually repealing the Patriot Act and gaining some of those civil liberties back. And that's part of the reason why we need to have uh, not just alternative media, but there needs to be uh, – look, when these when these situations come up where we can actually apply that kind of pressure, we need to. Uh, there, was, there was a movement that happened uh, post-2001. That was about the uh, internet freedom. What was it? Um, internet freedom. Uh, net neutrality. Yeah, net neutrality. And see, the thing is, is like what those people were fighting for was what had it was. It had already been lost. They were fighting yeah. against a bill that had already failed because the bill didn't matter because of the Patriot Act. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like. The, the decision had already been made. It had already gone through. And then people were like, well, no, but we, we need to go to the streets. And we, need to, we need to represent. And the thing is, is that like the geriatric old white people who were, who were in charge were laughing because they were like, well, they, they think that that's what this is about. What they were trying to do was put it in writing, you know? But the Patriot Act had already done that. Like, it was already done. Like, that that's what I'm getting at. It's like, these decisions are yeah. so far gone now that um, here's how we fix it. Okay, here's an idea. Here's a fix. Uh-huh. We rewrite the Constitution to actually define... This is not going to be a popular idea. That's all right. Who cares? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Actually define what we as Americans, the people, think are true rights and civil liberties and the way our government should be run. And 
that would reach that would that would do it that would change the scope of america right like if i was the ceo of america i'd be like we have to just delete that old white bullshit and start over and say let's start with the first principle which is that we are all created equal and we all must adhere to certain principles right that's the idea that's the yeah. first principle idea and then redefine everything but, but right now the way we're running our government is actually the same thing that destroyed the roman empire which is you can slide things into these 3000 page books and <clears throat> just hope that people don't read it and the reality is I tried, man. Like people try, but they can't get to page two, uh, 2085 or whatever. Like there, there's no way that you can get that deep because we have created the bureaucracy to dilute the information. Well, well, we didn't create it, right? Isn't that the problem? The people who are in the bureaucracy, well, you, you the, the same. Right. Well, that's what, you know, I'm all for rewriting the Constitution and putting some really dang shit in there. Like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, let's do it. That's that's exactly like, but that would be too democratic. And this, well, the, we'll get, you know, get, for the people what, who currently worse, own it. Because the states yeah. also do this. The yeah, states, that's true. Which is what people like to represent the states, right? Right? Like the Trump voters, the Republicans, they have 3,000 pages of bullshit in their constitutions. They yeah. Subconstitutions. So it's even deeper and worse than what you said. Or think, sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. I think, look, it's, um, someone said in the comments, I forget who, but I was just reading it, uh, that a truly democratic institution contains the tools for its own dismantling. And I think, I think there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of truth to that. And, uh, you know, look, if, if I, I would like to just, I don't know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll I'll end with this because I'm I can feel myself starting to fade. The drugs have worn off, and I am tired. <laughs> but and I still got to do some work for actual work tonight, which is like, what the fuck am I doing? But um, your inclination that people are not worried about the the right things is correct. Your uh distrust of the Patriot Act is is 100%. I think understanding why people's concerns are what they are, and not just people's concerns, but why so much of the popular messaging in the media is about shit that doesn't really seem to matter, and not that Dobbs doesn't matter, but there's a certain filter. Like, the Dobbs decision still filters a certain, or still benefits uh, the current sort of political culture war that can help Democrats and Republicans distinguish themselves from each other for votes. And it doesn't actually disrupt the balance of power at all. But th- th- these things that do disrupt the balance of power are going to be difficult to put out into the lexicon because the people who own the the, the messaging systems benefit as off the system as it is and don't want you to put that message out. And that's when it becomes, you know, the act of putting the messages out, the act of 
getting out there and actually engaging with people is something that is a little revolutionary in, in and of itself, right? Like there, there has to be some kind of shift and the shift has to start. Well, I don't know if it has to start with us or whatever, but the, the, there's a reason why those kinds of messages aren't played on the media. And I think with some people, if you can get through to them that way, because a lot of people, they feel that in their gut. A lot of the reason why people turn to Trump is because he was saying shit like that. Their gut is correct, but they're confused as to all the reasons why, and they don't know. They just know that America's been getting more and more fucked up lately, and they don't understand why. Uh, if you have the capacity to help them understand, then the feeling is already there in their gut. It's just a matter of figuring out how to get them to to realize it, you know? I think I, I, I know you're going to crash out. But um, I think I might mm-hmm. make a room called the Patriot Act and uh, try and continue this discussion because I'm really curious. Hell yeah, dude, go for it! All right, I'm uh, and uh, oh, Lance is calling in too. So, E, thank you so much for calling in, uh, Lance. Go ahead, we'll we'll take it home. I only got like five minutes. I'm sorry, you always call so late, Lance. You should call earlier so I could. So we can actually talk with you. I always feel bad because I always feel like I'm trying to rush you out because I, you call right at the end of my, my show every time. <laughs> what time zone are you in? Oh, I'm in Central Time, but I've been up since like 5 a.m. doing law stuff, and I still got to figure out. I I still got to finish this freaking motion. So I, I got I, you know it's funny. I was just talking to Mark Mixon with all, and uh, I said, oh man, I was gonna cut off at 11. I got shit to do for a couple hours. I said, I'll give myself till midnight, do an hour or two of stuff. Uh, yeah, me, I'm up at 10, and I go to sleep at 4. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, because that's, that, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. You know, so. well, no, I don't go to sleep at 4, sometimes 2 or 3, but I get, you know, 7 hours sleep probably on average, but yeah. it's the same. It's just like I'm up late. For some yeah. reason, whenever I write, whenever I was doing term papers back at school, for some reason, if there's anything going on somewhere, even if I'm not actively engaged in it, I can't think. But when I know everything is quiet, like this collective consciousness, where the world is quiet, then I can totally concentrate myself and uh, and write like late at night, you know? Yeah. And so, so, right on, B. Is it B? B day? Bide. Yeah. Bide. Great lead in. I love what you said. No, oh, thanks. Thing, man. Um, in fact, I was just having a discussion with Mark about all this populist ideas is like now you, you can't have a blank slate party. I'm sorry, local, state, or national. You got to have a few basic ideas and principles. But the problem now is that things have to be a lot more radical, regardless of where you stand. Let's say you're a lefty. It doesn't matter how far left you are. To achieve our goals now, things have to be much more radicalized because – there used to be a conduit. You know who Alec is, right? American Legislative Exchange Council. Uh, I, I don't know actually. Um, they're a far right. They're a far right, like Koch brothers supported. They write the laws for state governments about like uh, abortion laws, or or about like uh, anti-voting laws, or about corporate corporate giveaway laws, or you know low tax. Okay. Laws. Yeah. 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 Yep. The American Legislative Exchange Council. They. Have. Mm-hmm. Congressmen that are involved in it. They're like the Federalist Society for uh, for state legislation that's far right. And so 
But there was also, I worked for NYPIRG, New York Public Interest Research Group. That was Ralph Nader invented, uh-huh. us PIRG, which was U.S. PIRG. And it was okay. totally uh, uh, nonpartisan in the sense that it was about legislation, progressive legislation, you know, but stuff that overlapped, environmental stuff could be something that right-wingers support if you live in a hunting area and you don't want pollution, whatever. But, you know, but it was progressive legislation. Ralph Nader inspired, you know, created. Uh, and I've heard all that. And so he wrote a, mm-hmm. evidently two dozen laws. That's what Chris Hedges said, who was a speechwriter. Yeah, yeah, Ralph Nader did. Yeah, Ralph Nader's solid. And so nobody wanted to talk to him from the yeah. Sanders campaign. He was persona non grata. Hell, Bernie Sanders himself, we know, said, why don't you fight Biden more? Talk about the shit. He's in the basement. But uh, hey, Trump was out there, you know, during a pandemic. Fucking Sanders had a heart attack and he was out on the stump. It was no joke. Everybody knew Biden was being hidden. It wasn't because of the pandemic. (laughs) Okay, so what I'm saying is, what Sanders said was, I don't want mm-hmm. to end up like Ralph Nader. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. We've talked about this before. Okay, yeah. so what I'm saying We've is about the, left the, same is thing. the left is dead. It's dead politically. It's dead electorally. It's dead in terms of the spirit and the character and the baldness. Wait, hold on. Am I having – sorry. Am I having deja fucking vu right now? We had this exact conversation on one of these podcasts, literally almost word for word. Like well, I, I, am, I, am I in the Matrix? Am I high? Yeah, right? Like – I, well, I, I I guess it makes sense, but like, whoa, like, whoa, yeah, what a deal. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, but this is why, this is why, man, it's like when people yeah. say it's not about right or left. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I, 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 I agree mean, with that. I agree. When people on the right are saying, fuck the whole thing, it, it dawned on me with a guy I worked with. This is not good. I'm not, yeah. in other words, this is kind of an analysis, yeah. okay, as a far lefty. Like well, I want well, to Lance, Sorry, I I do have to go though. Like, right. sorry, I, I'm this is I'm so tired. But like, how about this? Like next time, next show, call in early, and I'll I'll put you up. I I'll know, just right? bring you up, and we'll just yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Just well, everybody um, listening, man. I'm gonna just do a quick room. Lance's room. Hey, man, B day. Thank you. Okay, hell yeah, man. yo. And, uh, <laughs> Anytime, next time, Lance. next time, next time. Since it's your show this time, next time, even if you're on my show, you get to start the conversation because I started and got to finish and everything in between. So. Thank you. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. You have a good night. Right. Thank you. But before everybody leaves, I'm going to start a room. If you all want to switch over, we can all talk. Yeah, I don't baby. I don't want talking, though. Yeah, but get man, over have there. Have a great night. What's yeah, that? Yeah, you do the same. I said, yeah, everyone, get over to Lance's room. Go have fun. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the plug. <laughs> yeah, have for a good sure. Night, man. Yeah, you too. See ya. Yep. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for sticking it out with me. I am so tired. Uh, it was a good show. I love, I, I don't know. I love hearing from everyone. A lot of really good things to say. A lot of things I'm going to go back and think about. Uh, parting thoughts. Uh, don't believe the hype. Don't believe these bad faith, goofy, unga boonga motherfuckers who are out there trying to pretend like they can speak for you. Like they actually represent you and they have your best interests at heart. They don't. They do not. And, uh, you know, uh, you're smart. Fight for your own interests. I'll be there. Shit. Just tell me what you need, baby. Call whenever you want me. Hey, whenever you need me. 
Carl, whatever you, I don't know. I'm I, I'm getting in the goofy zone. Uh, can't believe my mom's still up. Love you, mom. Love all y'all. Y'all are the best. And uh, one more time, happy birthday to Fred Hampton. Uh, give it a shout out to him. And if there is a heaven, he's there. Uh, but uh, thank you all for coming out. Hope you enjoyed your stay at the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. And we'll see you next time. Take care.